I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. to the republic for which it stands under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all time to resist they can't arrest us all and they can't keep all your kids home from school they can't keep every government building closed we don't have to accept the mandates lockdowns and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats we can simply say no not again the only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply refuse to show vaccine passports refuse to wear a mask refuse to stay at home we will not comply with Fauci. We will not comply with Joe Biden. And we will not comply with authoritarian governors. I am not going to comply. This ends now. understand. A figure walking through the mist with a rifle in his hand. His clothes were torn and dirty as he stood there by the bed. He took off his three-cornered hat and speaking low, he said, We fought a revolution to secure your liberty. We wrote the Constitution as a shield from tyranny. For future generations, this legacy we gave to make you the land of the free and home of the brave. The freedoms we secured for you, we thought you'd always keep. But tyrants labor endlessly. While your parents were asleep, now your freedom's gone. Your courage is lost. You're no more than a slave in your land of the free and 
home of the brave. You buy permits to travel, permits to own a gun, permits to start a business or build a place for one. On land you think you own, you pay your yearly rent, but you don't have a voice in saying how that money's spent. Now your children attend a school that doesn't educate, and your Christian values can't be taught according to the state. You read about your current news in a regulated press and pay more taxes than you owe to that thing called IRS. Your money's no longer made of silver or of gold. You trade your wealth for paper so your life can be controlled. And you pay for crimes that make your nation turn from God in shame. Now you've taken Satan's number and traded in your name. You give your government control to those who could do you harm. So they could padlock churches and steal the family farm and keep the nation deep in debt while putting men of faith in jail and then harass your fellow countrymen while your corrupt courts prevail. Your public servants don't uphold the solemnness they've sworn. And now your daughters visit doctors so their children won't be born. You send guns and artillery to foreign shore. And then you send your youth to slaughter, fighting other people's wars. Could you regain the freedoms for which we fought and died? Or have you lost your courage and your faith to stand with pride? Are there no more values for which you fight to save? Or do you wish your children to live in fear and be a slave? And people of this republic, it's time to rise and take a stand. Defend the Constitution, the supreme law of your land. Preserve your great republic and every God-given right. And let us pray to God to keep that torch of freedom burning bright.
broadcasting live and live to Patriot Control of America. You're listening to the Patriot Party Podcast. Now on the show, the chair is against the wall. The muskrat jumps over the berm. I know why you're here, Neil. I know what you've been doing. I know why you hardly sleep. Why you live alone and why night after night you sit at your computer. You're looking for him. I know because I was once looking for the same thing. And when he found me, he told me I wasn't really looking for him. I was looking for an answer. It's the question that drives us, Neo. It's the question that brought you here. You know the question, just as I did. There's a hole in this country where its heart used to be And no glory is divided on fire in the street They say building back better make America great If that's a wave of the future all I've got to say Stick your progress where the sun don't shine Keep your big mess Away from me and mine If you leave us alone Well, we'd all be just fine Stick your progress Where the sun don't shine They invite the whole world To come live in our land Leave our countrymen dying in Afghanistan They say let go of Jesus Let government say You can have back your freedoms If you do what we say Stick your progress Where the sun don't shine Keep you a big mess Away from me and mine If you leave us alone Well we'd all be just fine Stick your progress where the sun don't shine Shut down our pipelines and they shut down our voices Shut down our main streets and they shut down our choices Been us all over but it's all over now we figured it out we ain't backing down Stick your progress Where the sun don't shine Keep you a big mess Away from me and mine If you leave us alone Well, we'd all be just fine Stick your progress Where the sun don't Where the sun don't shine Where the sun don't shine Where the sun don't shine
motherfuckers to another edition of True Spiracy. I am the Mick, and with me, of course, is my much better beloved better half. V-Lynn. Hello, everyone. What True Spiracy is this? 54. 54. 54. Yeah. And um, y'all, y'all have to... Poor Mick. Uh, poor Mick. It's been a hell of a morning. So, um, apparently Mick has an intolerance to duck eggs. Okay. Yeah. Now... I and it doesn't happen when I bake with them, which I do often. But when when he eats them like scrambled or in an omelet or something like that in a quiche, um, and I think it's because he's too healthy. Yeah, bear bear with me here, right? Um, because we really don't need any processed food. Like he, we get so many vitamins and minerals, and then we take the cardio miracle on top of that. Yeah, and your metabolism is so high. That when you add the duck eggs, which are so rich in all the the B12s, the pro, all the different proteins and all that, your your system gets overwhelmed and your stomach just says "nah bear." <laughs> it's, it's been saying "nah bear" all morning. <sighs> Poor thing. It's been a. I don't have that issue because <sighs> my metabolism is not nearly that quick. So although when I when I take iron, because I'm. RH negative, my blood is copper-based, not iron-based. When I take iron supplements, uh, I have the same issue. My body says, nah, bear. So um, like even when I'm pregnant. And then duck, duck eggs are also very rich in folates, which men, some men have more of an intolerance to as well because it's really designed for pregnant women. Well, all so, I know is anyway, I feel like ass. It's poor Mick. And so he, he might not my be 100%. Stomach is, but that's okay because... Um, I did not get to sell any duck eggs at the farmer's market yesterday because I got there and the community table was full because apparently everybody had the same idea I did. So I got to wait till next week. But I put it out on next door and I've actually had a couple people reach out and say, can I come by for duck eggs? I was like, yeah, anytime before two o'clock. Um, so yeah. So anyway, but uh, we have a guest with us today. Yes. I'm very excited. Uh, Teresa from the Spiritual Gangsters podcast. Um, and, uh, which actually she does with our friend NY Patriot. Um, and, but I believe this introduction came through Ron Weed. Mm. Oh, uh, you know, it's, we're all connected. So somewhere anyway, in the line we've done. Yes. yes. You know, how you doing? Welcome. Hi. Hi guys. Thank you for having me. I'm so pumped to be here. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a Canadian. So like, Pardon my intrusion on this like very patriot filled podcast, but I love it. I was like digging the intro. I was like, mm -hmm. that's like coming along. It's so good. I well, love it. Well, we'll forgive you for being Canadian if you I know. I'm sorry. New York. So <laughs> I know. It's like not my fault, honestly. I was just born here. I had no say in it. I'm Italian though. So there's well, that. I mean, there you go. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, just take well, me as a refugee from Trudeau. That would be great. Um, aren't we all isn't that how most of canada feels like we want to be refugees from biden everybody right, right. <laughs> and our whole government the whole I mean, minus that. Shit. yeah i know there's like nowhere to run that's sad. exactly but, right but that's okay because we're kind of dependent on him to come save us so you know at this, this is point, true so, yeah um, and that's yeah. kind of what kind of what we're going to talk about today you think for the bulk yeah. of the conversation so yeah got a like, little something something for you on that so, so first tell us about, um, spiritual gangsters. What is the spiritual gangsters? Yeah. So the spiritual gangsters is one of the shows that I do with NY Patriot. We refer to it as my show 
because it was my idea, but whatever. It's fine. It's both our show. But mm-hmm. um, it was more so like a space just to like highlight people's personal stories, either of like faith journeys or like overcoming challenges and transformations, things like this. So we sort of have that space just for that and, and other interesting topics too. I mean, it doesn't always have to be um, personal stories. Sometimes we do cover like, you know, just interesting spiritually related topics. Like we talked once about like past lives. Um, my most recent episode is about who are the they when we always refer to like they run the world and they're doing this, you know, we talked about that. So there's some interesting stuff on there. What conclusion did you come to on that one? Well, for that episode, I had on um, Amy Hunter, formerly known as Amy Says WTF. I'm Mm -hmm. sure you guys might be Oh, yeah, no, I know Amy Says. Yeah. 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 So she was talking about her research regarding like the Persian Empire and then going into like the Roman Empire. So it's all just, you know, way back. Mm -hmm. It's all connected. Right. So she grew up in this for thousands of years. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same cult as like has been since the beginning of time. So basically, but she broke it down really great. So I I recommend that one to check out if anyone. Yeah. But mostly it's um, a lot of personal stories. And then somehow it always relates back from like the microcosm of the person's own experience to the macrocosm of like what's going on in the world. So it's like a cool hangout for awake and aware people like us. (laughs) Well, as, as we say on True Spiracy Sundays, um, God is inside us. You know, I am God, you are God, we are God together. And if anyone's ever read uh, Stranger in a Strange Land from, by Heinlein, then you'll grok that. So. In fact, you just used those <laughs> words on our show. <laughs> uh, enumerates the fact that you are uberly gay. <laughs> Utterly enumerates the fact that you're utterly gay. Seriously, that oh my changed God. my life when I was a when I was a teenager. It changed my whole concept of of spirituality and and what individuals could do and um, possibilities. So, yeah, it's an interesting concept, right? It's not mm-hmm. always the one that we're taught traditionally, right? Exactly. Yeah, interesting. Um, but yeah, that's the spiritual gangsters. Um, I would like to tell people that I do have like a background in yoga and Eastern philosophies also, but I was raised Catholic. So I have this like dual understanding (laughs) of the world, which I think gives me kind of like an an interesting perspective into the current events of our time. Um, So yeah. It's nice to have another Catholic on the show. Who who else is? Uh, He's a very devout Catholic. Um, I, I was sort of raised Catholic. He, they, my, my family, meaning my, my husband and our children kind of dragged me back to the Catholic church. Yep. Um, but I wasn't really comfortable there. And, and, um, I recently found someplace that I was more comfortable where he's not so comfortable, but that's okay. Fair that's enough. It <laughs> you know, it's a touchy subject and I, I usually like to kick off like before I go into like the meat and bones of this topic, I always like to give a little like caveat because I do feel like one of the most triggering words in the conspiracy community is like the C word, but the C word being Catholic. So when people, when people hear that, they're just like, Nope, Nope. 
pedos. It's evil. It's um, uh, Ishtar worship. It's the, it's the whore of Babylon. I've been called like a pedo defender bitch. I've been called lots of things. And yep. honestly, like, it's nuts to me. I never knew there was such a like vicious hatred online for Catholicism in general till like recent years. And almost like being Jewish. Yes, it feels very much like that. And also um, hate from other Christians. Oh, yeah. It's probably the most predominant group that like feels the need to be in your inbox or comment section or whatever. It's very interesting to me. I'm like, this is not a very Christian attitude to take. <laughs> well, we, we like to differentiate. You know, we say that your, your local Catholic parish is so separate from the the evil satanic viper's nests of the Vatican <laughs> that it's it's two totally different worlds. Exactly. So yes. um, you you can't paint all the Catholics. Vatican is not the church, and the church is not the Vatican. They're right. two completely exactly. separate entities. The institution of yes. the church being like the Vatican and all the money and finance that goes with that and corruption. I totally get that. And Just I like can we don't it. hate you for being Canadian because Trudeau <laughs> is your dictator, right? and you don't hate us for being American because Biden um, is ours. Because right? the, the American DOD perpetuated the um, poison death jab on the entire right. world. Like that's not your fault. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't paint us with that brush. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I let, I always dislike to make that little caveat, and I do find it so funny how a lot of people who are very interested in like truth seeking and conspiracy, they'll sit and listen to like a psychic talk for like three hours about their predictions on Trump, let's say. But then like, as soon as they hear the word Catholic, they're like, Nope, Nope, Nope. I'm, not Catholic. So I'm like, but you'd like read your horoscope or, you know, want to know your Enneagram number or some other thing, but you don't want to listen to a prophecy that's hundreds of years old. Interesting. I don't know. Just, you know, keep an open mind. That's all I'm saying. Sparky is cracking me up in the chat. Do you see this over here? All right. Our rumble chat is like our, 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 uh, might be the first blueberry. Our viewers are amazing. Okay. And, um, the, the chats are so active. We have two running on both rumble, the live chat on rumble and then on pilled as well. And uh, Sparky duck punch. Oh shit. Duck punch flames from mixed bottles. Ducky pox. <laughs> we might hear the first blueberry duck fart from mixed tormented bowels. Oh, <laughs> Donald D meets Chardon the Martian, <laughs> mother of the apocalypse. That's me, by the way. Now starring Chardon Sheen. <laughs> oh, poor babe. They're, they're tearing you up. Almost patient zero of the avian pandemic. <laughs> it's going to be patient zero. <laughs> This isn't the first time like we no, had uh I made quiche like, and I don't do straight duck eggs when I cause all right. So I raise ducks and chickens. Like I don't have a lot. I have four female ducks and two male ducks, and then I have nice. eight hens. Um and we have pretty extensive gardens and they're hopefully going to be very extensive. I just keep adding more. So, you know, hopefully we'll have a lot have a lot of food here soon. Um but uh but the ducks are, um, they're so cute. They're so sweet. And we have this huge pond that they refuse to go into because a gator lives there. Um, so <laughs> I put them elsewhere. Um, and, uh, it, you know, they're great. And they give me like three or four duck eggs every single day. 
and we have two giant dogs They make all their food. They eat a lot of duck eggs, but you know, straight duck eggs are very, very rich. So I mix them with chicken eggs. I do like, you know, two to four. So like two duck eggs to every four chicken eggs and a big thing of scrambled eggs or in an omelet, something like that. <laughs> no. No. Not so good. No. Not oh, for no. Him. no. I've never tried duck no eggs, way. actually. They're hard to find and they're really expensive. Um, oh. so unless you raise ducks, it's kind of, you know, they are very highly, highly nutritious though, like 40% more than chicken eggs. Um, and different proteins and enzymes. So, you know, mm-hmm. that do different things in your body. Apparently, very different things. In my Apparently, <laughs> oh my god, Mick's gonna be patient zero of the oh, yeah. flu pandemic coming yes, up. Exactly. Did we hear with you? Oh uh, yeah, did our friend actually? Um, well, a friend of a friend. They had a, they had a chicken farm. Um, they had a big poultry farm and uh, raised all kinds of things. Uh, about two hours from here. And, um, the freaking what USDA came by and said they had to slaughter all their birds, 31,000 chickens, Whoa. not a single one of their chickens was sick. Not, none of them showed any signs of anything, but apparently there was one case of avian flu within 25 miles of them. So they had to slaughter 31,000 birds. Oh God. Yeah. She was devastated. Like she didn't get out of bed for like three months. So they let them keep everything, um, or they let them, they had to kill everything except for like their, uh, their goats, a, a horse and a cow. Um, yeah. That's devastating. Mm-hmm. But they did that on purpose. So, yeah. and they called it a, a avian flu pandemic. It really was a pandemic. They were just wholesale slaughtering birds for no reason. And then you can't sell them because they got slaughtered because of the avian flu. Right. So you can't even, you know, turn around and eat Everything them. Everything got destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't yeah. sell the meat or anything. Yep. That's exactly. Even though what? they were never sick in the first place. How long ago was that? Um, like recent? About a year ago, six months mm-hmm. to a year ago. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. So I dare them to come around here and, um, you know, tell me that I've got to either jab my birds with something or slaughter them. Cause I'll stick the freaking gator on them. So, you know, um, you first go. I'll stick the dogs on them and then I'll stick the gator on them. <laughs> we'll tell them to run in the pond. Yes. Exactly. We'll have the dogs chase them into the pond. You're like, cool. I'll meet you at the pond in 10 minutes. Just give me a sec. <laughs> Don't you, it'll be like the, the DEA dog, dog yes, joke. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Oh my God. That's and crazy bye. though. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, um, it, it is crazy living down here cause we're always wondering what they're going to pull on us next. So, yep. But, uh, you know, we, we actually did a whole ooh, multiple shows on, on Revelation, the book of Revelation, and um, really to dissect it ourselves because we get tired of, you know, you know, being a Catholic, it's you're, you're discouraged from reading the Bible for yourself. Yeah, or like, you know, you're more used to being just told, told. and like have it interpreted mm-hmm. for you. I do find exactly. that that is true. That stereotype is mm-hmm. mostly true. Like a lot of Catholics don't read it for themselves. I know I I didn't for years. Exactly. I would pick it up maybe the odd time, you know, if I was feeling needing particularly like an ins- inspirational word yeah. <laughs> in my life. But probably till 2020, I hadn't picked it up in over 10 years. Yep. Exactly. Probably. I'd read a lot of other things like the Bhagavad Gita and, um, you know, other religious texts, but never my own Bible. So, yeah, mm. it's interesting how that works. Yeah. Um, I do think, though, like a fault of of Catholicism that I will say, like as just a general criticism is like 
they don't um well in my experience anyway I don't know if Mick can attest to this like it's hard I think to make the faith come alive for people especially like young people I see that um there's not a lot of feeling like in the mass often it's very you know routine very cut and dry it's hard for I think people to make like an emotional connection when you know the the lecturer is up there you know just doing a couple readings the priest reads the gospel interprets it for you um sometimes they don't connect it very well to like current events today so it's like you need just need to make the faith come alive which for me really happened back in 2020 when i sort of dove into the story of the fallen angels myself and then it really like put my faith in in context and i was sort of like oh wow like this is a real spiritual battle and there really is like a truth truth <laughs> to me that's how i sort of came to it and then through like just waking up to symbolism and other conspiracy it sort of put me down the rabbit hole so to speak i got very interested in symbolism and studying occultism because i wanted to learn my enemy's playbook and that sort of like pushed me back to my more traditional faith roots because i said well if this dark stuff is real you know by logic the opposite is the truth, mm-hmm. right? Like it's got, it's just a logical conclusion that mm-hmm. I made. So that's no one ever like, talks about the good, the good ones, the good angels that are active right. and working. There's and many. there, there are, um, that, you know, they always, they talk, they always focus on the bad. Yeah. Or like, I hear a lot of truthers go on, you know, not, and not to criticize people, but go on about how this is satanic and that is satanic, but then they never like make the leap. So what is the not satanic part? What is the antithesis of that? They'll say, they'll say anything but Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but dude, like, (laughs) isn't this that, that just like the logical natural conclusion you would make if you're calling this satanic, but that can't be from Christ, the opposite, you know? Exactly. I find that funny. A lot of people just are not quite there yet, it seems to me. Well, it it seems that they maybe lack the understanding that for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And they don't understand that that isn't just true in physics, but it's true in anything in life. For all good, you have equal bad. There always has to be a balance. Yes. In everything. The universe will always bring it back to balance. And the universe is God, right? Like literally the the universe is God. I can't really explain that any better. So yeah. Yeah. So I mean it bring you know, brings it's the source that connects us that's that we're all connected to, or we were anyway. Yes. Most of us. So um and that's you know, that's it's funny, which not really funny. We talked about this a little bit. Um, we used to see, feel when we go to church, I, I distinctly remember, and I remember everything, but this one's distinct 4th of July, 2020. And we went to mass one Sunday morning and this was at our old house at our old church. Okay. So uh, they just reopened the church. It was, you know, social distancing, freaking, um, and our, our priest is so woke. It's not even funny. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, like taping off every other pew and, and they done it. He only did it under complete 
pressure from the bishop who had told them to open at Easter and they didn't actually open until 4th of July and he got in kind of big trouble for that. So, um, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, so, but we went to that mass and it was beautiful. And because I could see how connected everybody was, how grateful they were to, to be back in church, to, to be able to, and, and you're right. I think in so many Catholic masses, people like I had never been really aren't filled with the Holy spirit. Like they can be in a, in a lot of other places. I made the comment kind of a half joke that God doesn't come to Catholic churches anymore. <laughs> um, but I, but I could see at that mass literally like I could see the, you know, the connection, like, like everyone's source line, all, all connected, all bright white, all, it it literally looked, and it probably was the sun coming down through windows and just like hitting everybody on, you know, with a ray of light on the head. Um, But then everything changed and we went to mass at the cathedral, now the Basilica, um, this last uh, St. Patrick's Day. And the whole, th- and it should have been the most beautiful mass. It was performed by our bishop, who's actually an excellent speaker and uh, does a very good mass. And, um, you know, it's, it's uh, in this beautiful building, beautiful basilica, the Basilica of uh, St. John the Baptist in Savannah, Georgia. It's absolutely beautiful. And uh, it, it's usually a very good service. But this time it was like, there was a cloud of sickly yellow green over the whole congregation. Mm. And there was no connection. No mm. one was filled with the spirit. There was like everyone's source line had been disconnected from from God. I mean, there was maybe a, a half a dozen in there that that were. Yeah. So still, still had any connection. So um, it, it is sad. And yeah. uh, I think it's deliberate. So I do too. I think so. I think, you know, there is a general attack, of course, on Christianity at large. That's obvious probably to you and a lot of your listeners for sure. Um, I do think, you know, the Catholic church in particular does get attacked in a lot of ways, you know, and I, and I don't think that's a mistake. I think that that's, on purpose for a reason possibly, but I digress. That's a whole other show. (laughs) (laughs) But my point in bringing that up in the beginning was just for people to keep an open mind about this Mm -hmm. prophetic thing that I'm going to talk about, which is called the warning or the illumination of conscience. So I don't know if you guys have heard of that before. Um, A a little bit. And I was very interested to hear more about it, which is uh, hence why I wanted you to come on. Awesome. Yes. So you want to just like get into it? Jump on in. Yeah. All right. It's a party. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's a thing called the warning, AKA the illumination of conscience. And I first came to hear about it through a book that I was gifted by my mom. Actually, I think she gave it to me in like 2019. So this is the book here. I have it beside me. It's called the warning. Testimonies and Prophecies of the Illumination of Conscience. It's written by a Catholic author named Christine Watkins. She is very interesting in and of herself. She formerly described herself as anti-Christian up until much later in her life. So she was not a, a believer from birth at all. 
Um, she attributes her conversion to being healed through, um, I think she had an injury or an illness. And she attributes her healing to um, the Blessed Mother and then leading her to Christ. So when I say the Blessed Mother, if anyone doesn't know, it means the Virgin Mary, Jesus' mom. So just in case people don't know who that is. Um, so yeah, she's a really interesting lady. I encourage people to like learn more about her. Um, and she also runs, or she's part of, I don't know if she runs it. She's part of a group called Queen of Peace Media. And they have like some really great like videos on YouTube um, and also like published books as well. So I encourage people to check that out if they're interested in this topic. Um, so most of the information I'm pulling from is from her book, but then also I have like some of my own little add-ons here and there. But basically the warning is a day when we will see our conscience as God sees it or the state of our soul as God sees it. So kind of like, I think most of us would imagine when we die, we sort of encounter this like life review and then we are like judged and, you know, sorted perhaps of sorts um, into where we go into the afterlife. So the warning is like a mini version of that, but we don't actually physically die. It's just in our mind's eye, we're having this sort of like visionary experience where we see and review our sins and then feel how it would be to be placed in the afterlife where God would judge us and place us. So if you were to go to heaven, you'd feel what paradise is like. If you were to go to hell, you would feel what that is like. And then if you believe in purgatory, you would feel what that is like. So um, that's sort of the, the gist of what the warning is. So it's a bit of a scary thing, I think, a little. It depends like where you're at. <laughs> like with your own with your own actions but it's definitely interesting um and it's like different than the rapture because the rapture i from what i understand is only for believers correct so the, the rapture is not actually the rapture is not actually referenced in the bible at all the ref the rapture comes from a woman named margaret mm, something out of uh the UK in the 1800s, right? Um, based on a dream that she had. Interesting. That yes. she wrote a letter about to a preacher who picked it up and put it in his book. And then it kind of became like gained worldwide notoriety. Interesting. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. So this is not the rapture um, in the sense that like we will be, you know, joining God in the immediate in the afterlife. It's not like that at all. We're here earthbound and having this experience simultaneously all together, everyone at the same time, like God is going to like stop time and freeze. And then we all have this life review individually, but simultaneously pretty wild. <laughs> so I had never heard of it. I just feel like a lot of people have never heard of it. Like Catholics do. I think most people don't have never heard of what the heck this is, um, but it's been foretold for several hundred years. Where? Actually. What, what is the first telling of it? So actually, let me find that for you. The first historical record of the warning or illumination was from St. Edmund Campion in the late 1500s. So he was in London. He ended up being a martyr in like 1581. So he was the first one. And then, um, again, it's not in the Bible, so there's no, like, 
direct verse. There's some verses that I think could be attributed to this or maybe is sort of describing this event. Like, you know, like Matthew 24, when he's sort of like describing mm-hmm. like apocalyptic times. I could see that. Or some people have said like uh, in Revelation, when there's the description of the sixth seal, that could this could be part of that. Um, after St. Edmund Campion, uh, 200 years later, the warning was revealed to a lady named Blessed Anna Maria Taigi in Italy. So she was a mystic and a victim soul. So I don't know if anyone knows what a victim soul is. Have you heard that term? Mm-mm, I've not, no. no. Okay, well, I think a lot of people have not. A victim soul is someone who is like generally like sickly or whatnot or like bedridden, like bound for to like suffer for their whole life based on like some ailment that they have or whatever. So um, I know some people like that, but I hadn't yeah. heard them referred to that way. Right? Yeah, there yeah. are definitely like, I'm sure a lot of us can think of someone like that in our mm-hmm. life, but they offer up their suffering gladly to God as like an offering, yep. you know? So they're, they don't woe and misery about it. They're just like, they're happy to suffer for, to offer it as like, um, in salvation for other people, yeah, other their, souls, their, their personal sacrifice, yeah, exactly. Yes, so much like Jesus did for us mm-hmm. on a much grander scale, right? So she was a mystic and victim soul. So for 47 years, there was a bright light that accompanied her day and night, so she could like look into the light and receive messages and information. And she spoke about the warning as like communication from this bright light that she would receive. Um, so she said that the warning will be a day when people see themselves as God sees them and many will repent as a result. And -hmm. I think that's purpose of it is that it's going to give us like a direct experience of God. The day of the vengeance of the Lord. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's a great act of mercy. So it it might seem scary, you know, like, I don't want to review my sins. Like I'm a shitty person. Like a lot of the time guys, like I'm nice, but I'm like not perfect by any means. So it's like, I don't want to relive that. And I think, you know, I don't want to feel how far I am from God, but maybe I need to know how far I am from God because it will save me in the end. Mm -hmm. You know, and I can probably think that about a lot of people. Like we need to know, you know, where, how far we are from the mark. You know, doesn't sin mean, I think, actually to like miss the mark. I think that's like one of the interpretations of the word. So Hmm. it's like, how far are we, you know, from from the target, so to speak? It might not be comfortable to feel that, but maybe it's necessary and it's a great act of mercy for a lot of people before more shit hits the fan. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there. We call it a revival. Mick calls it a fervival, um, like for a future revival. Okay, I like that. <laughs> um, he likes to make up words. It's lots of fun. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they, they do say it's the Great Awakening will come in conjunction with, you know, the Great Revival um, sure. when uh, a million souls will be brought back to Christ. Millions, not that many. Not that many. I hope the warning would do even more than that. But in a lot of the prophecies about this event, some people like visionaries who've seen it uh, happening in the future, they said not everyone will repent. There Mm -hmm. will still be some who will outrightly just still reject God Mm -hmm. after all that. 
Um, so more evidence for it. Um, what was I going to say? Sorry, lost my little place here. Some more evidence for it um, was, who's this guy I'm looking at right now? I think it's one of the popes here. Um, that all will be forced to look to the supernatural. Sorry. Oh, see, Pope Pius IX. That's who I'm talking about. Sorry about that. Um, so this was in like 1792 to or like late 1700s. So here's a quote from him here. It says, since the whole world is against God and his church, it is evident that he has reserved the victory over his enemies to himself. All will be forced to look to the supernatural. There will come a great wonder, which will fill the world with astonishment. So that's in reference to the illumination or the warning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very interesting stuff, I think. When I heard about this, I was like, please tell me more. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Right. Very interesting. So the bulk of the book that I brought up in the beginning is people who have sort of already had their own like individual warning. They've had their own experience of it on like just an individual level. And then that was like hugely transformational in their life, obviously, as mm -hmm. I would assume it would be. Um, so I could give like a couple examples of those if you'd like to sure. like one guy's story that stands out to me uh his name is marino restrepo and he's colombian mm -hmm. so he was raised catholic um but never really like you know gravitated or resonated with his faith he moved to california when he was an adult and was in the music industry as like a producer and musician he sort of was very proud of living like a very spiritual life um, into like a lot of new age practices and like modern spirituality, but not um, focused on his Catholic roots whatsoever. So that was for many, many years. And then one Christmas, he came back home to Colombia uh, just to like visit family. And um, during his visit, he was kidnapped by guerrilla rebels because I think his family had some sort of like coffee plantation or they were like had a very successful business. So he was kidnapped for ransom and he was held in the jungle for a long, long time. Uh, so he was bound in this cave, like all his arms and legs were bound. He was blindfolded, couldn't see anything. He was in this cave for like ages and it was like bat infested, insect infested, getting bitten and like, you know, I can't even imagine like noises yeah. and things crawling all over. He's disgusting. So he had this terrible experience and he says like in his suffering, he just had like this experience of Jesus come to him and sort of like console him, of course, but also like infuse him with this knowledge. So he had um, like a life review of his sins happen. He had the illumination happen. Um, he repented, of course, and then he was infused with all this knowledge of, of the faith. So then afterwards, he was, like, completely changed, of course. And then one day, the rebels, like, just set him free and said, just go. And he was like, is this a trick? Like, are they going to shoot me in the back as soon as I start walking away? But they didn't. And then he just, like, was picked up on the side of the road and then, like, came to his family and, like, completely changed his life. And now he, like, tours the world telling his testimony. It's very interesting. So he's, like, one of the standout stories from the book. So there's, there's so many like that. It's really amazing. That is really interesting. I just, um, 
I drove to, had to drive to Texas and back last weekend. And, um, I listened to this show on, uh, forbidden knowledge news. I'm not sure if you're familiar with forbidden knowledge news. Um, I've heard of it. I don't think I've listened to it regularly. Um, our friend Chris, I've been on there once, but our friend Chris does it, does a great job anyway. And it was one of, uh, it was from a couple of years ago. He'll put out old show. He'll do like, he does a classic series. Um, and this woman told her story that she, uh, essentially like her husband killed himself, which is incredibly traumatic, especially because they always then look at the, you know, look at the wife or look at the spouse, um, and basically, you know, treat them as a, a criminal when they're as much of a, a victim anyway. Um, she kind of goes into that, but then, uh, so a good friend of her kind of helped her all through that, um, and helped her not kill herself. And, uh, she went in for some minor surgery and she ended up bleeding out. Like she, she was, uh, she had some kind of cervical biopsy or something oh. and they nicked something and they sent her home. Like she was bleeding profusely and like they gave her a pad and said, Oh, it'll stop. And they sent her home. Right. Yeah. And, and she ended up essentially bleeding out. Um, her friend rushed her to the emergency room and, and she died on the table and she was dead for a solid 10 minutes. And in her experience, she went up, um, through that, like immediately, as soon as she died right up, like, she was like, I'm dead. And my heart stopped. And she went right up through like the line right up, um, to, to God, to this white room. And basically they, they told her, you know, she had to go back and she didn't want to. Um, but she was infused with this, white light, this healing light. And when they sent her back, um, everything was healed, including old injuries, like an old knee injury, um, her cancer that they told her she had, which is why she'd had the cervical biopsy was completely gone. Wow. Um, and she was dead for 10 minutes. When you bleed out, like your organs shut down, they don't come back well, but everything was perfect. Um, so, uh, it was truly a miracle. Um, but she went through the same thing in that room, kind of a, a revelation of, of, uh, her entire life going through, you know, all of her sins, all of everything that she'd done in her life. And she came back a completely changed person. Um, so. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Like, yeah, yeah I, I really love those kind of, you know, stories and testimonies because they, they grab you so much. Like we can all relate to that, you know, like I can't imagine if, if I was to die like right now, like what my life review would be like, probably not great. Let's <laughs> put it that way. So it's like, I hope that this prophecy of the illumination of conscience or the warning is true because I think so many of us could use that jolt, you know, to shake us awake. Even those of us who are awake, you know, to corruption, conspiracy, whatever. Imagine all those who are not even like aware of that. And just going about completely like NPCs, like about their life, you know, like so blissfully unaware of everything. Well, apparently only 30% of the population has a running commentary in their head if they're not actively engaged in something. Oh my God. Are you serious? Yes. I can't. How do you not have a running commentary through I your head? I don't know. But I've Mine actually. Is like nonstop. Once I heard that, I know. Once I heard that, like I started <laughs> asking people, like people that I know are like legit NPCs. And I'm like, tell me, like, 
um, like when you're, when you're not doing this out of there, like, what do you think about? And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, what do you, like, what do you think about what runs through your, like, what goes through your head? What runs through your head? And they're like, nothing. Nothing. Wow. I'm like, the silence must be beautiful. I, like- I, I guess. I'm like, there's no silence in my head. That's why mm. I, I sought out yoga for a time and, you know, learned about meditation and stuff. I'm just like, wow, like, I'm so anxious. I'm constantly like thinking nonstop, you know, but. That's why I, I surround don't. myself with animals all the time because, like, yes. I always have, I mean, I've got two dogs. I always have a dog or two and preferably two or more, you know, and a cat or two running around the house. And, oh. I, you know, they kind of interchange. One that doesn't really leave. Um, she's not astray anymore, but she was. And then another one that comes around sometimes. And, um, I don't even think Mick knows about that one yet. It's like, never shut up and, you know, um, Oh yeah, it's a menagerie for <laughs> sure. Um, but, uh, it's that, I guess all that, the animals in my head help keep me yeah. You know, keep keep the commentary in my head to him. Yes. It's like because you have to be concerned about something outside of yourself. You have to care for your animals. Mm-hmm. Probably like a lot of parents feel like you have to care for your children. Presumably, oh, I have like, them too. So Yeah, you're like, those, they're just <laughs> in there somewhere. <laughs> I, went, I went through like a really hard time after I had, had my kids, especially my first son. And it was a very like dark time for me. But honestly, like he saved my life because I had to like continue for him, I can't just like let this baby cry, you know, yeah. and just ignore him. I have to get up, do something about it. Otherwise, I might have just, you know, not cared about myself at all. So it's crazy how that works. But although yeah. I, I will say the first time that um after we had our first son and, and Mick was mostly deployed, but he was home for a weekend and uh and I I had to do something like I had to go to South Carolina, which isn't that far away, um, to help a friend. And it was the first time I'd left the baby, right? Mm-hmm. He was probably, I don't know, four or five months old. And mm-hmm. uh, and he, he had to put him down for a nap. And so he put him in the crib. And of course, immediately, baby started crying. And he's carrying on. And, uh, and Nick, Nick calls me. And he's like, I don't know what to do. I said, turn the baby monitor off. Go outside. Smoke cigarette. Come back in and see if he's still crying. See if he's still crying. He goes, <laughs> "You can do that." I was like, "Yeah." There's a little switch on the side of the baby monitor. Turn it to off. <laughs> I know. I was amazing when someone told me, like, you know, you can let them cry for a bit, and I was like, "You yeah. can." Exactly. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like things you learn with like subsequent children. Like that's why yes. the younger ones are always so much more chill because you didn't like tend to their every need like within three seconds, right? And yeah like my well, younger one i'm like see ya like i gotta help over here and i'll get to you when i get to you sorry <laughs> i mean our, our younger one legit threw like a full-blown three-year-old naked temper tantrum when he was like a year and a half and um he was the size of a three-year-old and he spoke and acted like a three-year-old but he was 18 months he potty trained himself before he was a year like the child oh my gosh, a genius. yeah and uh but he i mean full-blown like anger like threw himself on the ground his little naked ass in the air pounding his fists and his older brother and i just stood there and pointed at him and laughed <laughs> i think he might still be traumatized <laughs> like that's fodder for therapy when he's older exactly that's perfect have something to talk about right? oh my god <laughs> bring that one into your therapy 
therapist. Right? <laughs> I always joke about that. I'm like, I'm giving my kids good stuff for therapy. Exactly. I'm Italian. I'm Sicilian. I yell constantly. Like, oh, yeah. I can't help it. It's just in my genes. Like, He's Irish and I'm German. We, oh, we yeah. <laughs> It's not a quiet house. <laughs> no, it's loud and fun. The fun house. All That's of our business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're far away. My husband is Maltese, so he's like they're basically like calmer Italians, but they also like can be loud too. And he's always like, "Oh my god, you're there's such a thing me. as a calm Italian." It's like they're like that. They wish they were Italian. Not like Episcopalians are <laughs> like Catholic light. Right? Yeah, it's like that. bingo, bingo. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's more chill than me in a lot of ways, but. The biggest thing is like Maltese people always repeat themselves. Yeah, so he says everything five times. times. Yeah, he's, he's taught me two times. I get the papers. <laughs> the papers. I counted once. I'm like, I think the average is five times. Like I did like a survey for a while. I was like, oh, his parents said that five times. He said that five times. I'm like, wow, it's a Maltese thing five times. It's crazy. Anyway, and hence the name Maltese. They say it multiple times. It's just there you go. That's it. Oh my god, I never thought of that before. That's a good one. Yes, that's <laughs> but, hysterical. Uh, yeah, getting yeah. back to the warning. <laughs> Sorry, it's like a huge game. Um, I we think go off the rails all the time. It's more fun that way. Yeah, it is. It's like mm-hmm. a better conversation. Um, I think one of the reasons like, why God is sending the warning, and according to people who have had visions and uh, prophetic knowledge of it, they say that it's coming to remedy the dark and shadowy conscience that's enveloped the world. And I think you know that's very clear to a lot of us that that's how it is. Um. Uh, God himself has told some of the visionaries like humanity has become so blind to sin and to the heart of God that the father is breaking and he can no longer bear to watch so many of his children fall into the abyss. Um, He says too many have rejected God outrightly and he wants to prevent as many of his children as possible from a terrible fate. So this is like showing God's like righteous anger, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, to those of us who harm ourselves with serious sin. And he wants to stop his children from needless pain, be able to unite with him in heaven, which is, of course, our true home. Um, Now, Jesus said in a message uh, to a visionary in Germany in 1945 that humanity does deserve to be wiped out. He's like, straight up. You guys deserve to be. No, no, we've been told that. Absolutely. Like, it's worse than like the times. We deserve everything that 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 we're going to get. But Right. So he says we deserve it. But God would rather show us his mercy mm-hmm. than his wrath. But it'll take a great sacrifice. Right. So, yeah, it's interesting. Other mystics who've received uh, messages about this is um, Elizabeth Kindleman. So she was um, more active in like the 1980s. So she gave a message that the whole world is in danger and only the Holy Trinity can remedy this situation. Mm-hmm. Which I do believe personally that that's true. Um, man is, of course, acting contrary to the will of God. And people not only reject God, but also gladly follow the devil. Um, and humanity must be purified. Straight up. Um, right? Fire. <laughs> fire. And well, and through like, you know, remedying our vices. So, you know, through sacrifices, it's going to take, you know, active individual sacrifices, repentance plus action, right? I don't know. I don't, I don't even know if that's possible. No, you don't think? No. I What's think your we're, we're past I that. I think we're all, all already past that. 
Mm-hmm. We're already barreling out. Look, look around. Look at this shit. That's I, I can't go on Instagram or tick Twitter or whatever fuck this shit is. The social media <laughs> shit. Without seeing, <laughs> without seeing a video of some kid walking up and punching some old lady in the head or shooting some person randomly on the street for no reason. It's true. It's like you can't not see it anymore. It's everywhere. Everybody has lost their mind. Uniquely, it just seemed it's gotten worse in the last couple months, but it's been going on for a hot minute. It's just now starting to be everywhere. I mean, everybody sees it. You can't go outside and not see it. I people getting mugged in their own homes. Yeah, they're so brazen. They don't even care about cameras anymore because they know in 24 hours they'll be back on the street. They don't give a shit. When there's no penalty, crime is abundant. And there's no penalty right now. And we're all about to enjoy the pain of that crime that's abundant. Yeah. I think the the debauchery is abundant for sure. Like, you know, like you're saying, crime-wise, sexuality-wise, of course, you know, with the whole trans agenda, it's out of control. You watch that. You watch the – forget the trans agenda i mean yes the trans agenda is they're all they're demons is huge they're, but no that- i'm 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 not even kidding so here hold on here's what i think i think that the jab disconnects people from god at the genetic level it lasts initially 40 days subsequent jabs make it disconnect more harder mm-hmm. further yes. um to to the point where they're literally not able even if they want to to hear god or to feel god because they are disconnected but i also think i've come to believe more recently that once that complete detachment from the original source is achieved it can and often is reconnected to something else Mm, to mm -hmm. a demonic level to to the other side yeah. To them, to whatever it is, right? Them. To, the ex- them. to the exact to the opposite exact of what the light is. Opposite of what yes. the light is. And that's, that's why all, I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you all of these people that are all of a sudden going trans, 40-year-old men that think that they're six-year-old girls all right. overnight, yeah. um, that, they, that they are jabbed multiple times and they are literally physically possessed by demons just i mean even even outside of that if you look at the rest of the the craziness even past that let's go to what was it the grammys when they had the devil show on yes. stage yeah um, Sam Smith. let's try any of these tranny things that are going on with kids right now um this this agenda in schools that in the crazy part is there are like really educated people that are behind this shit. Yeah. And they know that what this is doing to your kids, they know exposing your children to this, you're opening that portal, that ability for them to connect to something else other than that guy up there. And that fucks all the kids up. Absolutely. Yeah. Like abortion with liberals. I mean, Holy Jesus, let's make this worse. As Candace said the other day, so succinctly, which by the way, she won GOP chair in first district. Good. Um, anyway, our our good friend Candace Taylor, who ran for governor of Georgia, and they completely cheated her out of that. It's ridiculous. Oh, um, she won in a landslide when 
the voting was open and transparent. Um, but anyway, and she ran on the campaign, uh, Jesus, Guns and Babies. And it, that, was that the slogan for real? Yeah, yeah that was her slogan. Oh my God, that's amazing. I just see it on bumper stickers. That's totally. It. I was on her bus. It was on everywhere. We have t-shirts. Yeah, Jesus, Guns and Babies. It was fantastic. So was American, but I love it. A thousand percent. Yeah. Why should it only be American? No, but it's just like as a right? comedian, it's but, like I mean, it's awesome. You guys, you guys used to have guns before you let your government take them away. So did the Australians. True. It's true, right? Yeah. Look, where I have my gun license. I have it. See, there you go. <laughs> just guns and babies. See the yeah. point. The point though, um, in but, America. Hold on. The point. She, I'm sorry, babe. Um, the point she made was that um, demons refer to themselves as yes. we, us, them, and, they. Um, legion mm-hmm. in the Remember, Bible. Yeah, we are, we are legion, legion. And we are many. Yep. So sorry, babe. Go ahead and continue. In America, no, no, no. I mean, well, the the see the the fact that you have a license is disgusting to me. You oh, that I have it. to have a yes. license? Yes, yeah, that's disgusting to me. Uh, yeah. We're the only species that pays for our rent on this planet. We're the only species that does that. Nobody else does. Right. Name another animal that pays for rent. God didn't want that. God never said that. That was never said by God, and it's weird. I ain't never seen. Matter of fact, I remember a specific time that. A certain person walked in and started throwing 70 million pound tables all over the fucking place. <laughs> Just saying, if he had the strength to do that, then maybe God wasn't about you having that. Maybe that wasn't what it was supposed to be. Yeah. Well, for sure. I think like, you know, consumerism and, you know, the the idea of accumulating land and more objects, that's greed and that comes from the devil. Truly, like if you think about it, right? So I think, yeah, I think like when the warning comes, if it comes, you know, if it's if it's actually going to happen, I believe it will. Mm-hmm. When and if it comes that I think it's God calling us to a more simplistic way of life. However, it won't be God. Not directly. What do you mean? God can't speak to us directly. The last time that happened was really bad. So I've been told. <laughs> um I had a conversation the other day, a bit of an ass chewing as it were, um, because I was trying to push my son into doing something that would have also been really bad. Um, thankfully he had enough sense to stop me. But the second part of that conversation, um, I said, uh, I said to him, I was just, I just wanted my son to be filled with the spirit of the Lord as I've been. I don't want him to have to wait as long as I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was told, well, um, you don't have you don't have to worry about your son, but it's it's everyone else that can't hear him anymore. And I said, well, can't he speak to them directly? I mean, can't he? Can't he intervene? If we're at the precipice, as he told me before, if we're at the precipice where it's it's gone too far, where it's too late, and in the Bible it tells us that we're going to get to that point of our own self-destruction where God will intervene before we go over that tipping point. Um, so can't God just speak to us directly? And he said, no. No, 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 no. That happened once before, and it did not work out well. Mark Jason Walker, when did that happen once before? You know, we talked about it the other day. 
Um, I said, well, then what's going to happen? And he said, the problem is they'll listen to you, but they won't listen to God, even though you tell them to listen to God and not to you. Mm. And he didn't mean just me. He meant everybody that was, that's speaking about, about being filled with the Holy Spirit, about the return of Jesus, about the intervention, about anything that we know is coming. People will hear us, but they won't truly understand. The understanding comes, as I've also been told, understanding comes when you weigh things with the perspective of life, death, and the kingdom. You should weigh everything with the perspective of life, death, and the kingdom. And the example I was given was that every day I come in from the yard with eggs, chicken eggs, right? Those eggs have the potential for life. Me eating them or bringing them inside or taking them away from their natural incubator is death, but at the same time, it sustains my life. And both of those, both the death of that potential chick and the sustainment of my life are integral to the kingdom of God. Mm. So everything has to be weighed with that understanding, life, death, and the kingdom. Well, that is way too smart. And I would never, it would never come out of my mouth. So oh, I, <laughs> I like that analogy though. It's true. It's like, you know, that's kind of like an argument against veganism, right? Like, you know, things, things have to die in order to sustain other life. Mm -hmm. But you know? so many people will, while they will understand, while they will hear what we tell them while they were, even, even if they hear or see and, and I do believe the day of the judgment of the Lord is nigh mm -hmm. and the day of the vengeance of the Lord is nigh. Um, I don't believe it will be God directly that will be facilitating that intervention. I think we will be immersed in the supernatural. And I think people will see things like we've never heard, couldn't, couldn't comprehend before, but we won't have any other choice. Um, and I think the whole world will experience it, mm. but I, I don't think at this point that we can really put a finger on it, a label on it, say what it's really going to be. See, this is where my issue with that thought process is, right? One of the big problems with society, whether Western society, especially we've kind of walked away from church. We've gotten away from that. You know, back in the day, if you remember, we used to be very, people generally were very spiritual. They mm -hmm. believed in God. They believed in a higher being. They believed that there was a reason for their crops doing good. They believed that there was a reason why their goats and their farm was working and their kids were multiplying and everything else. They believed all of that. See, today, I think, a lot of people would see something like what they witnessed that they couldn't explain. And the only way they could explain it is what they put in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And what's in the Bible sounds so absolutely ludicrous to us today, because how would you not notice that happening? How would you not see that happening? How would not everybody be around Jesus when he's flipping tables and he's performing miracles? Why, how did you not 
understand what was going on then. And I think that same thing could happen again today. I don't think anybody would pay any mind to it whatsoever. I mean, people are dropping dead all over the place right now. You've had 150 doctors in Canada, uh, in Canada, sorry. In the land of. 150 doctors in Canada die uh, under the age of 60, die in the last two years, just die suddenly, right? Um, I mean, people are dying all over the place. Who, who's noticed? No. All they, they bitch about is that their service, their like their customer service isn't as good as it used to be. That I have to stand takes, in line takes, for my drugs. It takes longer <laughs> to check out at you know the grocery store because they don't have as many people working. Why? Mm. You know, oh, all of your flights got canceled over weather that doesn't exist. Why? Yep. Um, you know, but all they they bitch about is how it impacts them personally, and they don't put two and two together and come up with it's the jab, fuck tards. Yeah. Anyway, or, or anything. I mean, I like I said, I don't think if you put the miracles that happen in biblical days today, I don't think anybody in American or Canadian or any westernized society would see those things and say, oh, yeah, that's that's probably not a good thing. However, and the reason the reason isn't anything more than, for instance, I woke up this morning watching the news. First thing on the news is about this car wreck down along the border where uh, five people were in like uh, three people were dead. Five people were in critical condition and they were running from the cops trying to get into America. And they flipped a pickup truck with like eight people in the bed of it and rolled it down a hill doing like 70 miles an hour. And uh, the driver's in like uber critical condition. He's almost dead. And they airlifted air him out. There's three other people that got ejected from that truck. But we hear about this shit every day. This is nothing new. If you live down there in Texas and you live along the border, you hear about worse shit than that. I just heard about another lady who got her home got ransacked or whatever, and she got shot in the doorway. Oh, shit. Yeah, they're coming across the border armed now. Mm-hmm. This is, I, I mean, I don't know what an invasion is, but I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I've only been a part of like three of them, but <laughs> if... I was involved in an invasion. I'm definitely going in armed. And that's what they're doing. And we hear about this every day and it makes no difference. We're like, oh, well, I'll just continue with my arithmetic. 35 students minus three is 32. You got that right. I'm so proud of you. I'm impressed. Job. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm just saying that's that's how stupid our society has gotten. We don't even pay any attention to it anymore. No, I just it wrong. heard about another lady in Miami. Not only did she get raped, but then her rapist came back to make sure that she didn't tell the cops. And while she was talking to a cop, shot her right in the head. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. crazy. And he's got away. Yeah. Unreal. Um, unreal stuff. Back to your um, point earlier, V. Lynn, about the jab and then um, it connecting you to other things. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's so true. And we're seeing that, like, you know, with the increased like violent crimes um it's just like out of control because i think you know the graphene and nanotech in there yep biosynthetic nanotechnology right it makes Mm -hmm. it easier to connect with say like ai right yeah Mm -hmm. so there's actually one of the catholic mystics who has had predictions about the warning prophecies about the warning her name is Luz de Maria. So mm-hmm. she is, sorry, I'm just getting ready for hockey over here. Nope, <laughs> um, Luz de Maria is South American and uh, she has like the stigmata and stuff. Like she's, mm-hmm. you know, she's a very mm-hmm. holy person. So like, I don't believe everyone that says they talk to God or Jesus or St. Michael does, but I think some people actually do. Yes. 
Um, so she herself had a message um, received from St. Michael. I think it was back in 2020. Or I heard it in 2020, but it might have even been earlier, like 2018 or 2019. And he was telling her about the jab and that it was going to um, combine with frequencies, you know, mm -hmm. influence people to act in such a manner that they don't even understand what it is that they're doing. Yep. Right. So it's like, are we not seeing the fruits of this? Yeah. It's wild. Like, And mm -hmm. even just even if it's not as extreme as like, you know, your relative who was jabbed, who is not like taking to the streets with violent crime. But like I've seen changes in people's attitudes in general, their personality, People in general are just much more apathetic and just like a blank, yep, blank slate. They're like zombies. Behind. They're zombified. Yeah. yeah. Even <laughs> when you walk into a store, I, I was uh, shopping with my kids on last Monday, and um, asked for like a. It's like I had to like bother them, like to help me, like just like find a shoe. Like hello, like are you not here to like sell shoes? To work on commission? Like, do you want the sale or no? Or should I just like go work here myself? Like. I've worked retail. Like, this is not how it sh should be. Like, I don't and, understand. And, and you're absolutely right. And then you, get, I work the flip side of that, where you call me to your house. And then I say, okay, well, I'm, I'm here. And then you bitch about having to pay for it. It's just like. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Ooh. who called who again? Yeah, right? I was like, wait, wait a minute. Why'd you pick up the phone? If you didn't want to pay for it, God. what did you think it was going to be free? Yeah. You just called somebody to your house. Normally, that type of service costs more. Just saying. Even in the prostitution world, that type of service costs more. Just saying. Wouldn't say I know about that, I mean, but if I did. Very big tips last week, babe, I got to say. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. But it's so true, right? Like, I just find that it is affecting people, whether whether they die or get, you know, chronically ill because of it. If, even if it's not that, it's like, Subtle changes in attitude. Thank God I do think some people did get like saline because I think mm -hmm. the devastation would be even more widespread at this point. I think that they realize like, you know, we can't can't harm them all at the same time. It would be a little too obvious, but. I, I don't think they even give a shit about that anymore. No. I, mean, I don't know, that's why, yeah. That's why they rolled out the boosters like they did one after another. They were like, well, man, that jab is not working. We need right? to up our game here. Yeah. Oh, we'll give them the covalent booster. It'll be like twice as deadly and three times as much fun. Yeah. Well, they recently got rid of the monovalent yep. uh, vaccines, and now they only have the bivalent vaccine. Which yep. is right? literally one quarter of the mRNA dosage that they were supposedly giving you previously. So. <laughs> what does that tell you? Mm. Those who got the mono one. You got fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, I mean, you got like shot. Like you. that's, this is. This one, this is the seventh freaking shot that they're rolling out right now. Right. That the seventh shot. Yeah. I and people so. are, people are mad that they can't go get it. That if they've already taken six shots, they're not authorized to get another one. They're like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I, I, I need my MRNA juice. That's like that difference. Juice me up. That's that difference in the personality, what she was yeah. talking about. That's one of yeah. those things. It's become addictive. It's almost become an addiction for these. Mm -hmm. Look at your your father, oh, my dad, Jesus, he keeps oh, no. going. Oh yeah. Oh, my parents do too. Yeah. Both oh, my parents sad. are. With yeah. Luckily, I, I got to I got to my parents before the jab. My dad's always been more like aware politically, so that was good. But my mom was like a CNN addict since mm -hmm. the O.J. Simpson trial. Like I can recite you like so much of that trial I was like eleven when that happened. But 
home for lunch. It was on 24 hours in my house. Like, Oh my God. I, I just, it's that, but it's that, that's the addictive part of it. And like, yeah. I swear some people you tell them, you tell them how bad the jab is. You tell them what's wrong with it, what it's going to do to you, how it'll disconnect you from God, this, that, and the other thing. You show care. them the numbers, you show them everything. The next day they'll still turn around and go outside, go out and get a jab. Yeah. Yes. Don't it's care. wild. Honestly. Um, yeah, it's insane. Um, I wanted to bring up something about um, Pope Leo the 13th. So mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of like his vision that he had um, with like the, like Satan in the throne room of God. Mm -hmm. If you're familiar with that. Okay. So that vision happened in 1884 on October 13th. Yep. So that's exactly 33 years before the miracle at Fatima. So if you guys are familiar with like yep. the yep. visions of the blessed mother at Fatima. So um, I've actually been there before. Oh, you have. That's amazing. Oh, I would love to go there. We'll have to talk about that after. <laughs> um, so, yeah, right after a mass, Pope Leo was stopped suddenly at the foot of the altar and had a vision in the throne room of God. And it was, lasted like about 10 minutes that he was like kind of frozen in place. And he saw like Satan in the throne room boasting that he could destroy God's church. And it would take about 75 to 100 years to accomplish the task. And God's was like, oh, yeah, you think you can do it? All right, how much time and how much power do you need? So he asked for the about 100 years and asked for more power to do so. And God said, all right, it's yours. Let them be tested. Kind of like how he did with the story of Job in the mm -hmm. Bible. Um, so that vision occurred in 1884. Um, and after that disturbing vision, Pope Leo wrote the prayer to St. Michael. So I don't know if you guys are familiar. Uh, it's the one that goes like, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Etc. Mm -hmm. Etc. Et so oh. that's a nice one. It yeah. Says, uh, uh, no, maybe it's not that one. No, it's not that one. Okay. I can that's, recite it for you if you want. <laughs> that's the one. That's the. Uh, that's from uh, Thomas, hmm. I believe. Okay. Yeah, it's like saying Michael the Archangel defend us in battle, be our defense against the No, no, she was talking about this one. And when I oh. uh, ask my flashing sword and my hand takes uh, hold in judgment, I will take vengeance upon thine enemies and I will repay those who haste me. O Lord, raise me into your right hand and count me among thy saints. By man shall this blood be, by man shall his blood be shed, for in the image of God he made man. Destroy that which is evil so that good may flourish and i shall count thee among the my favorite sheep and you shall have the protection of all the angels in heaven never shall innocent blood be shed yet the blood of the wicked shall flow a river uh, uh, to thee and shall uh, spread their blackened wings and maybe they be the vengeful striking hammer of god Dang. i like that one yeah that came from thomas and his visions that's cool. I like that prayer. Um, so yeah, Pope Leo wrote the St. Michael prayer um, to help kind of like overcome the devil in this task of like trying to destroy the church. And those prayers were said at every mass for a long, long, long time. Um, except 75 years later, we had uh, Vatican II, like the second Vatican council in 1959. Mm-hmm. So that's when the things changed a bit. You started to have most masses in the vernacular language of the community. So instead of Latin, 
Not everything went to whatever your, yeah, your language like, was English for us or French, Japanese, French, French, French yep, wherever. So the Latin mass was kind of like kiboshed. It still occurs, it's just much harder to find one. Mm -hmm. Pope Francis is doing a whole thing about trying to kibosh those even more. Yep. Sure. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so that was changed. And also a big change was from taking communion on the tongue to being allowed to take communion in the hand. Correct. Which and being handed, being handed the glass or drinking from the glass was another big deal. And that yes. was another from the chalice, drinking from the chalice or being handed the chalice. That was yeah. another big deal that took place in that same council. Absolutely. Right. So these changes started to occur sort of like, I don't want to say like cheapening the mass, but it's a little less reverent, I would say, you know, these subtle changes. Um, and also the prayer to St. Michael was abolished in 1964 mm. at masses, which and is ex exactly 80 years after the vision that Pope Leo had. And what does the devil say? He needed 75 to 100 years? Yep. 60, was it 62? Uh, the headdresses for women were removed as well. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yes. Okay. Yes. In the uh, Pentecostal Catholic faith, there is uh, women mm -hmm. are required to wear headdresses. Yeah. Like a veil um, on their yes. hair. Yes. yes. It's not to cover. They, they're allowed to wear their hair however they want. Yeah. But when they're in the church, they have to wear. Uh, and I, I thought it was the oddest thing. Like I went to this, uh, this, my buddy's just like, yeah, you got to come with, he was a Jesuit. And uh, he's like, you got to come with me to mass. I was like, all right. Yeah. I was like, I'm Catholic. Sure. And I had never been to a mass. You're like, like, what kind of mass is this? The whole mass, we were on our knees. I was like, whoa, this Ooh. is, and it was, I mean, it was in Latin and I knew Latin, so it wasn't a big deal, but it was really weird that the whole mass was on your, we were on our knees from the start of mass to the end of mass. Wow. And I was, the only time you got up is when you went and got the Eucharist. And then it was, you're right back on your knees. I was like, man, this is craziest. Fuck. I've never been to a mass like that. I thought in my sick, perverted, masochistic mind that I have, and I do, um, that's the way church should be. Yeah. That's, it, there was a reverence about it. There yeah. was like, you could feel like there was a holy reverence about what they were doing. Yes. And it was very emotional. And it was, it was like, that's the way church should be. Yeah. And then uh, the, those folks, I guess they became, uh, what the hell, um, they became that, the new sect, the, uh, Mm -hmm. The one from Dan Brown made fun of him in uh, the first book. Oh, Opus Day. Opus Day, mm -hmm. and yeah. they became essentially they got sucked into Opus Day, and now Opus Day is this very. It is a very. Um, if you've never been to an Opus Day mask I, mass, and you're a Catholic, I I tell you just go to one just to experience it I'm because <laughs> it is very different from normal Catholic masses. Very wow. different, and they are very. Um, they remind me of uh, Hasidic Jews. Okay, that's interesting. So it's I've yeah, I've never been to one like of that. a Hasidic Jew, and it mm. would be our version, a Catholic version of a Hasidic Jew. It, it, it's really cool to see. It was it was really neat to be in there, and I I've never. I mean, I I'd never been to one. I was like, man, that's pretty badass actually. I like yeah, that. that's cool. So speaking of the Latin Mass, sorry, a little uh, tangent, but. Um, you know Shia LaBeouf, the actor? Mm -hmm. Yep. So he starred in a movie about the life of St. Padre Pio. Mm -hmm. And it's coming out, I think, in theaters in like September or something. I haven't been able to find it yet. But he actually, through playing the role of Padre Pio and through attending the Latin Mass with the Capuchin monks, which is what Padre Pio's order, 
was, he converted to Catholicism. Isn't that wild? Like, and he's been on podcast after podcast, like talking about his conversion. That is crazy considering he was arrested down here in Savannah. <laughs> when? A couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. He got arrested down here. He tried to beat up a cop. He was drunk as fuck yeah, downtown. This is, recent. this is like a year, less than a year. Two now years ago. Converted. Yeah, it was yeah, it's like super that, recent. Yeah, that, that he he got arrested mm-hmm. down here, and then it was it was big news down here. Ooh, Shia LaBeouf got got arrested in Savannah. <laughs> it was really hysterical. They actually put out the uh, body worn camera footage from his oh, arrest that shit. night because he was oh, yeah. an asshole. He was a straight up asshole. Yeah, being cool to him, and they were trying to let him go, and he was just being a dick. And they just cuffed him and fucking threw him in jail. I was like. Hell, you know what? Fuck around, find out. That's that's the game. Yeah, it's wild that you know he took on the role. I was surprised he would even agree to that kind of role anyway. But maybe he was like desperate for work or like I don't know, wanted a challenge or something. Mm. And then through attending like the Latin Mass, he attributed his conversion to mostly that. I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was friends with Mel Gibson too. He might be now. <laughs> he, he might be. I, I just always heard that he was like friends with Mel Gibson, and I was uh, shocked that. I was like, we've never been to a Catholic mass before. Okay. Right. Yeah. No, I, I thought that was super interesting. I'd love to, um, I haven't heard like in the complete, um, the complete story of his testimony, but I'd love to hear it because I'm very interested and want to watch the movie very much. So anyways, back to, uh, back into, that comes out June 2nd. Oh, thank you. There mm-hmm. we go. Oh, June 2nd. Very soon. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, things changed to the low mass. The prayer to St. Michael was abolished. And it's like, shouldn't we be keeping that prayer to sort of like help against the devil, not aid him in his work? I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but anyways, um, a hundred years later in 1984, um, during the reign of Pope John Paul II, that's when the mass became fully what's called Novus Ordo. New order. Yep. Yeah. So I'm like, what is that about? Um, so basically it was a watered down and modernized shell of what the mass was and what the church was and what it used to stand for. And of course, this continues under Pope Francis. As we've seen, like every day there's like news about Pope Francis, and I'm just like, oh my God. So uh, the worst. You remember, like I do, there were ways you used to say prayers. Mm-hmm. And then they, in 84, was one of the biggest changes to the yeah. way prayers were set. You showed yeah. me one this morning. You showed me the original um, version of the Lord's Prayer. You showed mm-hmm. me the actual, like, lady found it and the original transcribed version of the Lord's Prayer. You sent it to me. Just go, yeah. to, my, go to my text messages. The one you sent to me. I don't think I sent it to your yes, text you did. messages. No, I sent it to, um, but I sent it to my saved messages as well. Hold on. <laughs> but there was um, the the version of the Lord's Prayer that it, it speaks in different words, but the premise is still the same. But it's different words that were used, and it's yeah. the original uh, translation uh, from Sanskrit mm. to English. There it is. Hold on. From Sanskrit or like Aramaic or uh, Aramaic, Aramaic I think. Aramaic, yeah. Sanskrit would be like Indian, Hindu stuff. No, you lost it. Ah. Every time you do that, you lose it. I hate that. <laughs> Here we go. Let's try this again. 
came across the direct translation of the Lord's Prayer from Aramaic into English, and I just thought everyone needs to hear this. The Lord's Prayer that most people are familiar with is the translation from Aramaic to Greek to Latin and then into English. But this is the direct translation that archaeologists uncovered on a scroll from 1892. O cosmic birther of all radiance and vibration, soften the ground of our being and carve out within us a space where your presence can abide. Fill us with your creativity so that we may be empowered to bear the fruit of your mission. Let each of our actions bear fruit in accordance to our desire. Endow us with the wisdom to produce and share what each being needs to grow and flourish. Untie the tangled threads of destiny that binds us as we release others from the entanglement of past mistakes. Do not let us be seduced by that which will divert us from our true purpose, but illuminate the opportunities of the present moment. For you are the ground and a fruitful vision, the birth, the power and fulfillment, as all is gathered and made whole once again. And so it is. Came across the direct translation of the Lord's What? Yep. That is amazing. Right? I, got, I got chills listening to it. So, yeah. so think about this. We, we, one of the things in the, the and I get it. You guys, it's not all of you are Catholics. I get that. I'm, I'm, we're not trying to focus on that. Me and her just happen to be Catholic. One of the biggest changes that we did, especially in the Catholic Church, is they started going back. They had Latin scholars, all sorts of scholars, rereading all the prayers, and they started changing prayers. And I asked my father about this a number of years ago, and I because I was just like, why are they ch changing the prayers? Like we learned, you know, along a took me to learn how to say those fucking prayers. It took forever. And my mother and my father used to beat the shit out of me until I got it. And I, I got to tell you, it was, it was a pain in the ass back in the day. But when I was like, why are they changing them? Now, you know, I just learned it this way. Now you're changing it to this way. And now everybody's fucking lost. And my, my dad told me, he goes, you know, son, he's like, you know what it is? As mankind has gotten smarter, we've gotten dumber. Mm. I said, what do you mean? He goes, like, everybody wants to put their spin on the prayers. Why don't we just keep them the same way they were? That's what I'm saying. Right? I but, like the I like the reverence. I like the tradition. Like That was my whole know? point. I, that's the one thing that's I liked I said, about the church is, like, we kept to that tradition. You know, that was our tradition. But when you start cutting that away, it's like our, it's like our Constitution. It's like, like our, our Bill of Rights. It's like anybody's rights. Once you start cutting away at your rights— before you know it, they're all gone, and then you don't have any at all. What are you going to stand up on then? No, for real. They've attacked us spiritually. They've attacked us physically. Morally, physically. And they've attacked us psychologically. Yep. Absolutely. Mind, body, it's, and spirit. Yeah. It's an assault on all fronts. Mm-hmm. Right? And, like, these little changes, like, you know, maybe um, back in the 60s, a lot of people would have said, oh, well, What's the big deal if, you know, now the mass is, is this way or, oh, isn't it better that now it's in my language that I can understand it better? And it's like, actually, maybe not. No. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe you should conform to, you know, learning the Latin way or, you know, the traditional way. Why does it always have to be like, we don't see it in the big picture of what they're trying to do with these little incremental changes. Right. Uh, our older son goes, now goes to a, all boys private Catholic military school. Mm -hmm. um, he's taken Latin for two years. 
Next year, they're not offering it anymore. <gasps> Even there. Wow, look at that. Even there. Mm, yeah. yeah. I thought of that, too, about sending my kids to, like, private Catholic school here. And honestly, I don't think it's much better. It's not sad really. to say, you know. I mean, it, it used to be, but now he comes home telling stories about how, like, I mean, they don't. He's like, they don't care about that. They don't, they don't do that anymore. They don't do this yeah. anymore. They don't, you know. Mm -hmm. It's just you're paying for a fancy. He's like half the kids in my class are atheists. Yeah. Sleep. That's, that's that's another huge one. Just like, well, okay, if you pay enough money, you can go to a Catholic school. You know, back in, the, in my day, you had to be Catholic to go to a Catholic school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now you don't even have to. Now you don't even no. have to be Catholic to go to a Catholic school as long as you're willing to pay. It don't matter. See, and that's where the problem is. Exactly. That's where our biggest issue is. You know, there's a lot of people that run around, especially this movement. It's hysterical. I love to watch this shit. So many people that run around and say, oh, I'm a patriot. I'm a patriot. I'm a patriot. I'm a patriot. But here's my website. So if you just donate money right here, mm. wait a minute, you know, back in the day, those guys didn't ask for a dime. Nope. Matter of fact, they brought shit to the fight. They didn't ask for money. Yeah. I, I, anybody that sits there and openly demands or asks for money, I'm just like, yeah, nope, nope. I, I can't follow you. You want to provide me a service or something, then fine. Maybe I can understand that. But if you're not providing me anything, no, nah, I'm not just giving money willy nilly. No. Yeah, that's the uh, the, the, the culture the, the yep. culture we live in, you know. And I think that's a lot attributed to social media. You know, people mm -hmm. have found these like quick, fast, easy ways to make money. I know there is work involved behind the scenes, of course, but um, you know, we have this like selfie culture, instant gratification culture. Uh, it's producing a, a culture full of narcissists. Mm -hmm. People are so self-absorbed and so obsessed with themselves and want to monetize every single thing that they do, you know, like see it as an opportunity to make money. I honestly think like narcissism is literally like Lucifer's personality put on to the people, especially young people. Like if you ask a kid today, you know, what do they want to be when they grow up? A lot of them will probably say a YouTuber. Yeah. <laughs> An influencer. Well, yeah. It, so I can it, just make money talking about things that I like. No, hardly any of them will say doctor uh soldier uh you know uh accountant i don't know <laughs> you know back in the day 70 years ago um if you if you had gone if there was the internet 70 years ago so we're talking 1960s if there was an internet we would be considered hippies totally yes totally we would be completely considered hippies yeah. uh because when I, I watched, I don't know if you guys have watched it yet, and I recommend you if you haven't watched it yet. Um, if you haven't watched this new series that came out on Showtime, Waco. Oh, okay, I haven't seen it yet. You, you guys got to go see that. And the reason I say that is take away all of the bad shit. Or better yet, when you go to watch it, this is the way I want you to walk into it. I want you to walk in into it like a conspiracy theorist. I want you to walk into it and think about everything you know about what happened in Waco, Texas at the Branch Davidian compound on April, whatever it was in 1990, whenever that was, 96, 95? Yeah, I think it's 96. Something in there, somewhere in there. Um, when, that, when they burnt it down and killed 76 people, nine of them being kids, uh, and, you, you know, David Koresh and all that shit. 
take all of that shit that you learned from TV, from the government, and pretend all of that was a lie. Then I want you to go back now and I want you to watch it with that open mind where the government lied to you about all that shit. You know what you find out really quick when you remove the lie? You find out that all they were were the first version of us. And that's the link the government went to to keep their mouth shut. Because what they espoused was, hey, leave us the fuck alone. 95% of their communications between the Branch Davidians and the FBI were, if you guys would just leave, we'll be fine. Nobody started any shit until you guys came up here and started shit. And when they started this new series that comes out, it airs a new episode every Friday night right now for the next six weeks, I think. And it's Waco in the aftermath. And the crazy part is the government is trying to blame the Oklahoma City bombing on Waco. Oh, yeah. You got to watch this series. I am telling you, you got to watch this series from start to end. It is actually knows that Hillary set up the Oklahoma City bombing. It is, Everyone knows Hillary did that shit. It is actually phenomenal. It is oh. well done. They you, you don't get me wrong. There's a bunch of bullshit in there. In that place. All right. There's you're going to see a bunch of woke bullshit and you're going to see some people that you don't want to see. John Linguizamo's in it. He's a huge liberal, um, mostly retarded, too. Um, <laughs> but outside of that, if you listen and just hear what they're trying to say, it, it's kind of crazy because one of the guys, there was a bank robbery that happened a couple like six weeks, six to eight weeks after Waco. <laughs> That this same guy that was involved in trying to talk down Koresh was he was the um uh, what do you call those guys? The council uh oh, just one of the dudes that gets on the phone and talks uh hostage crisis negotiator. Guys, negotiator. And he was trying to talk Koresh off the ledge. He's in a bank like eight weeks after Waco. And uh, maybe it was a year after Waco. I don't remember, I don't remember the timeline, but He's in this bank and this guy goes, they knocked over like 21 banks without hurting a person. And this was their 22nd bank. And the only reason they got caught is because one of the dudes beat up his girlfriend the night before. And she was all butthurt about it because he, she got punched in the face. So she called the cops on him and they got hemmed up at this bank and they're holed up in this bank. And he's talking to him and he says, yeah, this is going to be payback. And he didn't think anything of it at the time. And he talked him out and the guy came out and he end up, ends up getting arrested. And before they had a chance to talk to him, he lawyered up. So they couldn't talk to him. Anyway, long story short, they go back and they talk to the girlfriend and turns out that this girlfriend's talking about this other place that what they said, if, the, if they're talking about payback, it's probably coming from there because those people don't fuck around with their words. Elohim they're, City. Elohim City. They're all about what they Which say. The name Elohim really caught my attention. Yes. Yeah, that's an interesting name. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it's yeah. spelled the same exact way too. Well, no. Yes. It's from the Bible. So, you know. Um, so just to give you, you got to go watch that series. I'm telling you right now, if you haven't had a chance, if you don't have a Showtime account, I don't know how you get it. It's Eric not says, online yet, but. Angels and demons aren't real, but aliens sure are. No, darling. Angels and demons are definitely opposite. real. In my yes. opinion, but aliens are interdimensional creatures because you can't yeah. actually leave the firmament. So there's no extraterrestrial aliens. There are some alien races that live in the hollow earth below us. Um, 
those are real, but anyway. That's a whole other show, right? <laughs> those are fallen angels. <clears throat> That's yeah, I'm I'm of the same thought. I yeah. think um like there's a priest, actually he's um Canadian, French Canadian, so he's from my country. Um he's from Quebec. His name is Father oh, right <laughs> father michel rodrigue so he's very interesting he has a lot of videos on youtube doesn't have his own social media but people have put like his talks on online uh so he has said um he's one of the people who's received like prophetic knowledge of the warning as well he said that um right now satan and his minions are having the greatest triumph that they'll ever have and that's being allowed to occur but they do know that their time is short. So according to that vision of Pope Leo was 75 to 100 years in 1884. 1984 would have been 100 years, the year I was born. <laughs> but uh, we should be, you know, coming up on that time anytime. I know time is not the same for God as it is for us in, a, mm -hmm. in our human form. But, you know, it shouldn't be too, too much longer that they're having their heyday. And he um, had some words to say. There's a quote in the book, the warning book from Father Rodrigue. Uh, so this is supposedly from, who was it from? Uh, Jesus or God the Father? I forget who he attributed these words to exactly, but this was what he heard. I do not want death and damnation for any one of you. So much suffering, so much violence, so many sins now occur on the earth that I created. I guess the Father. I now hear the cries of all the babies and children who are murdered by the sin of my children who live under the dominion of Satan. You shall not kill. These words were very strong, says Father Michel. Pray and be confident. I do not want you to be like the ones who have no faith and who will tremble during the manifestation of the Son of Man. On the contrary, pray and rejoice and receive the peace given by my son Jesus. What sorrow when I respect free will and come to the point of giving a warning that is also part of my mercy. Be ready and vigilant for the hour of my mercy. So that was one of uh, one of the quotes from Father Michel's uh, visions. So, you know, he always stresses too in his messages. If you ever check him out, he has like a beautiful like way about him. He's very like childlike and very innocent in his delivery. And he's just like so full of joy and so full of life. So I actually love listening to his talks periodically. But he always stresses, like, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. Like, even yep. with, you know, well, what's going on in the world. Do right? not fear is repeated, is the most often repeated phrase in the Bible. It's repeated 365 times, one for every day of the year. One for every day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know, I love that, right? Um, I do wonder sometimes, though, with the warning, because some of the visionaries have said, like, it will look as if um, the cross of Christ is in the sky, not in his suffering, but like in his glory. Mm -hmm. So that we will like physically see things like in, in the sky, like celestially, right? It'll almost be like um, the world will be in darkness and then the stars will like collide and create this big bright light that will end up looking like the cross. Um, so I sometimes wonder if the elites or the, the they know about this prophecy and that's sort of maybe like an intention of project Bluebeam to distract or bring a false illumination of sorts so I'm that's a sure. question a quandary we've debated on multiple occasions are they trying to recreate the 
biblical pop prophecies of, of the end of days, revelations right. and whatever it is so that they can change the end times? Mm -hmm. Or are we going through this at God's behest? And I think what essentially we've come to the conclusion that it doesn't really matter because are, is God using them to achieve his own ends? Were all of those prophecies the revelation of what they were always going to do in the first place? Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't, it's, you know, the chicken or the egg. Yes. Who are we to question God's plan? Exactly. Who are we to question? Actually, on that note, another quote from the book, um, this is apparently a message from Jesus at He, Germany. So this is from 1945. He says, my love has planned this action, meaning the illumination, before the creation of the world. People do not listen to my calls. They close their ears. They resist grace and reject my mercy, my love, my merits. The world is worse than before the deluge. It agonizes in a quagmire of sin. Hatred and greed have infiltrated human hearts. All of this is the work of Satan. The world lies in dense darkness. This generation deserves to be wiped out, but I wish to show it my mercy. The cup of God's anger is already spilling over onto the nations. The angel of peace will not delay in coming down to earth. I want to heal and save. Through the wounds that bleed now, mercy will win and justice will triumph. That, uh, it, it's, it's funny that they're, they're using the, um, the word illumination. I, mm -hmm. I find that comical, um, and, almost bad all at the same time. I mean, uh, the church of illumination, that is a real thing. That was a real thing in Catholic history. It existed. Uh, the Catholics went after anybody who spoke of illumination or science, science, you were considered a heretic and destroyed. Um, they did do that. That all did exist. That's why our history is just as important as our future. Because if you don't know what you did back then, you're doomed to repeat it in the future and future proves past yet we're <laughs> we're seeing all over again it's happening yeah. and nobody's stopping uh christianity the assault against christianity look at that um you could look at this trans thing as not only demonic but this is assault this is an assault against what you believe what you what you can physically fucking see i mean i can look i can see tits a great ass and yet you're calling yourself a guy i'm sorry i'm still gonna call you a girl that's what i see <laughs> it's against your own common sense exactly right? and when yeah they, when they shift it so much they think they have such a stranglehold over mankind Yes. Because we are so against having any sort of, God forbid, there's a dust up in the supermarket because you don't want to serve a woman who looks like a man. God forbid that dust up happens and somebody catches that on their phone. Now, oh, now you're going to be no, no, I just don't agree with it. And I'm going to call it what it is. It's mm -hmm. Karen. It's still Karen. It didn't turn to Corey. No, it's still Karen. 
because you don't agree with, you know, the asylum presented to you. But they expect you to, though. Yeah. Now it's become to an expectation. I expect you to do this. How can look at all these Instagram things where kids are sitting there crying. I don't think you understand what it's like to be misgendered. No, dude, I completely fucking understand. Because when I was a young kid, they used to call me a bitch, too. But don't worry about <laughs> it. You'll grow out of it. I didn't cut my balls off, though. Yeah, see? <laughs> God. I mean, that's that's my point. And that that to me, what you were saying before about the devil, mm. that to me is the demonic part about this. Well, Self-mutilation yeah. is if you've never read any of the stories of uh again, I'm sorry, it's Catholic, but that's my religious education, and that's where it started. There's actually a bunch of books uh the Vatican used to have them on display. I don't know if they do anymore, but it was back from the dark ages and what happened to Catholics and zealots that spoke differently about God, um, especially in England. Um, it was really bad if you were a Catholic in England. They, really bad. Oh my God. It, it was like, it, it was pertinent or horrible. Like you might as well just go kill yourself basically is what that boiled down to uh, mm -hmm. for a time during the dark ages. I'm saying not, not now, obviously it's changed quite a bit, but during the dark ages, it was like one of those religions you were not allowed to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, they talked about some of the things Catholics went through and some of the shit people did to Catholics were just as bad as anything we've done to Jews or anything we've done to any other religion out there. I'm telling you right now, evil is evil. It doesn't matter what form the evil comes in, but disembodiment or where they actually teach trick you to be, to cut something off of yourself. That's basically a possession. That's what they equate, equate that as. So essentially right now by convincing these kids, oh yeah, you don't need your penis anymore because you're actually a girl. Or if you're a girl, you don't need your tits anymore because you're going to be a guy. And what they find out is once they get through it, look at, look at some of these horror stories of these poor women and men who thought they were something else, went and went through the surgery. Now they're done and all sorts of fucking shit's happening to them. Their whole bodies are falling apart. Yeah. God never wanted that to happen. Never wanted. That's why their body, they're dying. They're, they're basically lopped off everything that made them who they were and tried to make them that, that something that they weren't. And they're basically dying. They're sick. They, uh, one lady, I just saw her testimony that she gave and she said, I've been sick since my last surgery. I haven't had one day of good health since my last surgery. That's because their hormones are entirely fucked up. And yeah. I mean, their, their entire lymph system is out of balance and their gut biome is completely screwed because they're on so many different drugs and whatnot. And yeah, of course they're sick. Yeah. I think the, like one of the, bigger problems for, that we're all touching on and we're all harping on the same thing is like over my lifetime so i'm born in the 80s right i've seen and observed as i've grown older you know this push to instant gratification and not wanting to deal with pain and not wanting to deal with suffering suffering is something you know um important and it's been ingrained in us from childhood, like, oh, you know, um, you can do whatever you want. You can be whatever you want. Um, you don't have to, you know, do what these people tell you. You don't have to go through physical suffering. Just take a pill. Just take a drug. Um, you know, just go buy something. Um, you can fix stuff, like, so fast if you want. But is that the best way to do it? 
you know, is the, is the long suffering game, you know, like if someone truly feels that they are born in the wrong body, but mentally they are, you know, the other gender, they, maybe there's like legitimate people like that. I, I can empathize with that. And that would be a terrible way to feel if you had to live that way every day, but maybe that's your cross to bear in life. Maybe that's your long suffering that for some reason God has for it in plan for you. That that is hysterical that you bring that up because I just heard last night. My Jeff, I've heard it a couple other times. Yes, but I never really listened to it. But I heard Caitlyn Jenner the other night, and I I got to tell you, that's what I heard. I, I didn't hear what you hear with these other trannies. Oh, hi. <laughs> My name is Jenny. How you doing? I didn't <laughs> hear that. I just, actually just listened to him. He was on, or it was on Fox News, and they were doing a whole bit about transsexual and the movement and the push on kids and all this other shit. Mm-hmm. And that's what you just said. Is It sounded like it was truly conflicted <laughs> in its head, but it still understood that no matter what it said, he was still a guy. And he knew that even though he's dressing like a girl, he still knew that no matter what, at the end of the day, when he goes in the ground, he's going in the ground, a guy he's when they dig his bones up someday, they're going to say, Oh, this is Caitlyn Jenner. She was such a badass. She came out, became the first trans, you know, big female. No, they're going to find this thing. They'll be like, yeah, look at the pelvis. It's a dude. I can measure the pelvis. It's a guy. I know it's a guy. Look at the femur. I can tell by the femur. It's a guy. Oh, it's got another rib here. <laughs> it ain't a woman. Women don't have that extra rib. Only guys do. Mm-hmm. God put that there so we can't suck our own dick because we never leave the house. <laughs> How that works. It's the baby gate. Exactly. <laughs> it kept but, two women in business. It, you're right, though, because, you know, they say that um, on the, your, in your journey, whatever journey it may be, it's it's not necessarily the destination that's important. It's the journey itself. It's the struggle that you go through, and it lasts longer that way. Um, well, it, it teaches you about yourself, exactly. Not For, only religiously, okay. but physically. Absolutely. Uh, we made a complete entire life change within the last two years. Okay. Um, I used to run a very large hotel. Uh, I weighed probably sixty pounds more than I do right now, something like that. Um, and I'd never say that, but she said it's it. True. So I, can say I, I, I got to the point where I was going into a size 14. Most of my closet was eights. I gained so much weight. I was so unhealthy. I ate processed shit food out of the cafeteria at the hotel all the time. Like, cause I was there for 15 hours a day. I was never in the sun. Um, I was angry. I was constantly bombarded by Stupid, just stupid people and stupid shit. And the building was full of mold. So I was just unhealthy. Right. Um, I mean, there are literally times where like I put my hand through a closet wall and came out with a chunk of freaking black mold. Oh. Inside the closet. Like it's not even funny. Gross. So I was unhealthy and then I got COVID. And then after I got COVID, COVID hit. Okay. And I was still working. And then I got a year off. And in that year, I, uh, well, minus six weeks that I worked in the summer. Um, but in that year I, I started like, I was like, I'm never going to get healthy until I actually get healthy. So first I started working out first. I slept for a week, but then I started working out and, and then I, I found, I stopped craving the processed food, the sugar, right. I started eating healthier, um, started trying to grow some of our food 
And then my workouts, then I had so much energy. I started going down and walking four miles on the beach in the morning and then coming back and working out outside in the afternoon and then running three miles in the evening, um, you know, at sunset. And the next thing I'd know, I'd, I'd lost 50 pounds and, you know, and I was healthy and it was, it was great. Um, and then I went back to work and I almost immediately stepped down from my crazy job and, and went into something a little bit more reasonable. Um, and then, uh, then I, then they put mandates in and I was like, fuck, I quit. Um, after nine years, I, I walked cause I was like, they're like, well, we can give you, well, you know, we'll work with you. I was like, no, I'm not working for Nazis. No, like, I'm done. Sorry. I'm not doing it. Nope. Um, so, and then we sold our house and bought a new place with a bunch of land. And, um, now I'm trying to grow our food and, you know, raising chickens and ducks. And so we, if we eat any processed food now, we get sick. You feel it right away, right? Right away. We seriously get sick. Not only have I kept the weight off, but I've lost a little bit more now. Um, My clothes just keep falling off of me because I'm eating healthy. I'm outside in the sun. I'm, I'm working harder than I ever did when I worked 15 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and you know, I mean, I'm physically active for six hours a day and then I'm setting up the show and doing the podcast, but I learned so much more than if I had taken my doctor up on his offer at the very beginning of COVID when I went to him and I was like, you know, I'm like, I'm still sick and I, I know I have COVID and we couldn't even get a COVID test. And I was like, I need to lose, you know, 50 pounds. And he was like, well, you know, um, the military offers a free tummy tuck like the gastric bypass or yeah, like band do, or whatever. We do liposuction. I'm like, <sighs> you're like, mm, what does that? Why? What does that teach people? What, Again, what does that instant, do? instant gratification. Exactly. Right? I could have yeah. walked out. You know, I could have gone in. You know, two weeks later and walked out fifty pounds lighter and still mm-hmm. felt like shit and still not have been healthy and uh-huh. still and not have had my hormones balanced and not have had enough vitamin D in me and I probably would have just put that same weight back on plus some more. And, um, and I, I'd still be a crazy bitch. I wouldn't have found God. And I, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't be, we wouldn't be where we are now right? because it's, it's, it's the doing it for yourself. It's the, the struggle, the effort. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, that's, that's the important part. That's what, that's what makes it last. Yeah. So well, the impact. And that's amazing. You know, you accomplished so much and, you know, kudos to you guys for turning both your lives around and you for doing it individually as well. It's been phenomenal, but it's like also going back to the purpose of evil, like even the last few years, right? The purpose of COVID. Why did God allow COVID to happen? Well, you know, it was the catalyst for a lot of people to change a lot of things in their life or any challenge you have or any um, negative event. You can allow that to destroy you if you want, or you have the choice to then overcome or improve or transform, right? There is a purpose to all this, right? It's like a worthy adversary to grind your ax against. It's like, you know, you have to sharpen yourself and improve yourself. And that's why evil does exist. Temptation exists, mm-hmm. you know, to overcome and improve. Without COVID, would you have changed your lifestyle? No, I was stuck in a rut. No, absolutely not. No, I was stuck in a rut. There was no getting out. So, well, there was no, 
Uh, and at the time, there the was time? no real reason to. No, there, right. uh, you both... might have maybe 10 years down the road when you're mm-hmm. diagnosed with like diabetes or something. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, because I mean, our kids bitch that they never saw us, but we didn't care enough to change at mm-hmm. that time. Now, mm-hmm. now it's completely different. Now it's like the kids are like, please don't go back to work. I'm like, I, I never would, you know? <laughs> yeah. Not like that. I mean, I might, you know, get a part time job at a nursery somewhere. Um, yeah. So I can get a discount on plants, but <laughs> <laughs> for the garden, exactly <laughs> to feed the dogs. Jeez, <laughs> so. no, I totally get that. I I appreciate that. It's funny because like when uh, when COVID hit, my kids were junior kindergarten and grade two, so they were quite young. And I thought this is my year because I've been mostly home with them. I've worked part time and done my own little you know entrepreneurial things, but mostly I've been home with them for the better part of their lives. So I was like, okay, they're both in school full time. This is my year to like make the comeback and like get a job and, you know, like prove myself and, you know, whatever, earn real money and whatever else I thought in my head. And then COVID hit and then they're both home from school. And I was like, well, fuck me, you know, and I was mad about it for a long time. I was really pissed because it was taken from me, my, my freedom of sorts in my head and what I thought was freedom was stolen. Uh, so after I came to terms with that, ended up pulling them out of school for two years, you know, just to avoid all the interventions that we had here, like the masking and, you know, constantly pulling them in and out of school or subjecting them to COVID tests or two week in- incubation or qu- quarantine periods and all that nonsense. I didn't want them exposed to all that at school. So I had them home with me one year homeschooling which was the opposite of what I had in mind, <laughs> you know, what my life was going to be. And then the next year, cause I was like, okay, I don't think I can be with them 24 seven for another full year was I got them in a learning pod. And then they went to school with a small, tiny group of kids with all like-minded parents on a farm. And so they had a, this like amazing year, you know, on the sunflower farm and feeding the chickens and also learning from a certified teacher. It was a very cool experience, but if none of that happened, we wouldn't have, you know, gone through all those changes and just being more aware of things. And my kids would be totally different at the end of these two years than they are now. But now they're so much more aware than I was at their age. My worry with that is there are some kids, you're right. Your kids, our kids, probably 90% of our listeners' kids, they've all done the same thing. They've all, uh, they kept their kids home or if they did let them go to school, they followed it up. My worry, especially here in America, is there's a lot of kids that mom and dad just stuck their head right back in the sand. And yep. They were just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, go to school. Most of people that I know. 200,000 yeah. children are unaccounted for right now in the school system in America since COVID. 200,000 children. What does that mean unaccounted for? It means that they are not registered to they, go to school. They anywhere. Yeah. They were registered before COVID. They're no longer, they've not attended school. They've not like gotten a job, like use their social security number to, you know, they, they didn't get a GED. They didn't like or drop like, out. You have they're to like just, declare homeschool in the yep, US. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So they're like not either. Not, none of that. Yeah. Low. They're just, they just vanished. 200,000 kids just lost, gone. What either like in gangs or like at home doing nothing or. Or dead. Or dead. Or Or trafficked or all the above. Wow. 
Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it is. It, it's, it, it, what's worse is that's what we know because you can't trust what the government tells you. Mm-hmm. Right. Only 200,000? Really, that's, it's probably about eight or nine, but really. Why were they pushing so hard to put kids in masks, right? You yeah. steal a kid and uh, or you traffic a kid, you go through an airport with a mask on there. You, they can't do facial recognition. Yeah, or like, uh, you know, you going eliminate, in. You eliminate the six, the six high features of the face. Mm-hmm. Totally. Or like, you know, um, going into a bank with a mask on and now, now yep. banks were complaining, Oh, we should get rid of masks because we can't recognize like facial yep. recognition of perpetrators. If they're coming criminals, yep. you know, it's like, uh, hello. Like, is that, I had that fear when yep. I had, saw people mask initially, I was like, Oh my God, like, is this guy going to like rape me or like, what, what is going on? Like, I'm so freaked out. And then you have to like desensitize yourself because you can't be having that reaction every moment when you're in a sea of masked people. You have to shut that part of your brain off. What was that? My favorite, my favorite meme after that was a guy like right after the mask mandate came out, he's sitting there in his car and he videotaped all of this and he goes, and he like videotaped the front of the bank and he goes, yeah, I've got to put one of these on to go in there. How crazy is this? <laughs> right? It's nuts. And it's like, you think about, because there used to be big signs on banks all over the place. Yeah, no, no, no masks. No, no, face, yeah, no you can't facial covering. Yeah. You couldn't have your face covered at all. because No the cameras, sunglasses, no hats, yep, no masks. You had to take everything off before yeah, you walked right. in a bank because they had to make sure that they could see your face. Yeah. Now you walk into a bank wearing a fucking mask. It's like they make you put it on before you walk in. It's like, so you want to get robbed. Okay. Yeah. It's like you want crime to increase. Honestly, it's so nuts. I on it. And we, I think we forget, you know, a lot of the craziness that did occur because a lot of us are just good hearted people and we just want to move forward with life. We're like, all right, well, (laughs) you know, I, I really, I had that hope. Like I kind of thought when COVID hit and everyone got furloughed and, you know, I was like, Hey, you know, I was like, I bet, you know, in a year, we're going to see a huge baby boom. You know, we're going to see all these people like having, you know, bettered themselves because everyone was getting COVID money and whatnot. So, you know, it's like maybe people are going to put it towards doing better for themselves or they'll, you know, they'll find a, a career that they really want to do. They'll take this opportunity to go to school or, yeah. you know, some something or they'll reconnect with their families and actually, it turns out that most of them sat on their couches and ate chocolate and played video games all day. Really sad. Do, yeah. do, 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 you, you were thinking what? Seriously? I was thinking that people were going to be like me and Cisco. Instead of sitting on their... You have a choice of sitting on your ass, <laughs> not collecting, not doing anything and collecting money from the government. I had that choice. I know. You're the exception, though. You're the exception. My point is 90% of America said, nah, fuck that. I'm going to sit at home, play Call of Duty and eat my fucking Cheerios. Yeah. Well, they didn't eat Cheerios. They oh. ate like fruity pebble, pebbles or whatever that shit. <laughs> fruity pebbles, Captain Crunch. Captain and... Crunch shit, yeah. yeah. Uh, Anaconda, anyone here vaxxed? Well, some people in our audience were forced to be vaxxed um, and we have assisted them in either recovering from whatever ailments that has yeah. brought, brought along with it Um or uh, helping them reconnect to God. Um, generally, though, the answer to your question is no. So generally, generally, probably not. Yeah. So, and we have had some amazing results. Like we, we really found. Mick put me on a COVID moratorium for a while because I I spent two years screaming about how everyone was going to die, and he was like, "When people finally actually listen to you, 
they're just going to die. Like, cause there's, you're, you're not giving them any hope. Right. Because that's the thing. Like when they finally wake up and say, Oh shit, I really did inject myself with poison. Now what? Now you're like, now I'm just going to die. I mean, they weren't critical thinkers in the first place or they wouldn't have taken the jab. So now you have to present them with a solution all wrapped up in a nice little pretty bow and say, here, this is how you not die. Right. So, um, We've been working on that. So, but also realize too that, like what you were talking about earlier, that comes with work. It's a, it's a life change. There's no magic pill. I don't care what any of the grifters out there are selling you. Like, um, you know, and it's it's a life change. It's a protocol. Like we put like my best friend who comes on my Saturday show on Freedom Gardens. Um, she was forced to take the jab working in a hospital in Seattle, mm-hmm. and uh, she was actually okay until she got COVID after the fact. Um, yes. And, uh, and it was like it, there's some kind of sleeper thing in there that activates the shit hitting the fan when you get the row, you know, the Rona after you get the jab. Right. Um, and I mean, she was her fatigue and, um, everything. It was just brain fog, um, nausea at one point she almost passed out here. She's like, I'm like this for like three or four days a, a week for two or three weeks out of the month. And I'm like, so basically three quarters of your time. Yeah. Um, so I put her on a protocol of, uh, distilled water, cardio miracle, high dose vitamin C and vitamin D, uh, liposomal, um, and eggs, three eggs a day. And the change in her has been amazing. Um, and you know, but it's a life change. I'm like, you cut out the processed food and you have to drink distilled water. And now her, I mean, now she's like the freaking energizer bunny again. She's outpacing me that's so So, great you know it it can be done but it's there's no magic pill there's no instant fix for it so yeah well and i think you know speaking to your point like there's work to be done like and i think that's why like god wants to send the warning because he wants to like shake us awake like hello like you need to actually like do something here you need to actually come to me like yes you have free will but i want you to come like you got to take the step you know, yeah. you can't, you can't just uh, sit there and then like at the end of the world be like, oh shit, I'm sorry, God, for all the stupid stuff I did. Like you've got to take action. Right. And that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to, to fight the good fight within ourselves, you know? And I think because a lot of people say, what can we do about, you know, fighting the powers that be and whatnot. And I think honestly, the biggest battle is defeating the shit in yourself right? Like you like took charge of your health and your homestead and your lifestyle. And that's a huge positive change that will have ripple effect. Look how many people you've probably helped with your protocol and your podcast, you know, and just having conversations like this, like these things ripple out into like the ether into the world, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, I think the best things that we can do and not to be afraid, you know? That's well, that's that's the biggest part is just no fear, lack thereof fear. Um, that is that is the biggest part. But the other part is uh, I'd have to say there's another part there that we're missing. And you have to listen. Mm, yes. You, you can't just like hopefully hear God. You, you kind of have to listen to him. You have to listen for him. He doesn't he doesn't talk to us directly, but he talks through things and you just have to listen for them. They exist. They're out there. You just have to hear them for yourself. You'll know them when you hear them and you'll be like, oh, shit. Yeah. For example, and I know you got to go to your son's hockey game here in a minute, but okay. um, my mom, my mom called me up the other day and her friend uh, has this habit of finding cats. OK, so she found this kitten in 
a box on a on a shelf at PetSmart. Someone had abandoned it there. It was like mm. a couple of weeks old. And so she brought it home and she fostered it. And anyway, my mom ended up adopting the kitten, right? He's super cute. His name is Zeus. So she sends me a picture of the other day with this Zeus, with this new kitten who looks exactly like him. And I'm like, what happened? That same friend, she's working at a gas station and uh, some guy comes in. He was like on his way back from a road trip. He'd been driving for about two hours. And he stopped. He's like, I keep hearing this weird thing in my engine. And some other guy comes in and he was like, dude, there's something meowing in your car, like in your engine. Right. Oh my God. And so they go out together and she's got this big flashlight. Well, she's smaller and skinnier than them. And she can, she's able to fit her hand down around the engine block. And she scoops out this coal black kitten. Okay. And now she's like, she's like, okay, so, um, I, now I got to get rid of this kitten. I was like, no, Absolutely not. Literally, God sends you two of the same freaking kitten within six months. Just randomly, you keep finding these damn kittens. You're supposed to keep this cat. If that is not a sign, I don't know what is. Right? Oh, my God. Um, she's like, but I already have like, you know, three cats indoors. I said, it doesn't matter. She's like, and I take care of like nine cats. I said, I said, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Like, you're supposed to have this cat. For whatever reason, keep the damn cat. Totally, it's a sign. Oh my god! Of course, like, the cat's sitting there going, "Please, no, don't, don't keep me, don't keep me." <laughs> oh my god! I think something important that I heard—I don't even know when, however long ago—but like a lot of times, the way God speaks to us is in this like still small voice. You know, it's not always going to be, you know, this loud or like obvious sign. What well, sometimes it is, you know, with the cats, but. <laughs> Um, it's often more of a still small voice. So like you're saying, Mick, you got to take time for stillness and to listen, you know, whether for you, that's meditation or time in the word, um, just quiet reflection. It's hard as a parent of two young kids to have silence, but you know, it's important to take that time because I think, um, as much as we pray, we should also listen for the answer, you know? And it doesn't always come with, uh, you know, bells and whistles. I think often that's the opposite. That will be the devil bringing you something that you think might look good, but then you're like, mm, I don't know about that. Upon further inspection, usually it comes with a little bit of fanfare. God yeah, is the we, opposite. We, we've <laughs> witnessed that recently. We right? Have, we have witnessed that. And uh, we were blessed to see something that, or somebody here was able to see something that we weren't able to see. And when we saw it, we were like, oh yeah, it's a great point. Hmm. Right. Yeah. It wasn't as great as it looked at a first glance, probably. Yes. Yeah. I think that's an important point. And Although I do have to say, and um, last weekend when I was in Texas, I went to, first I went to Dr. Stella Emanuel's church for five hours plus like three hours before that. It was amazing. It was a fantastic day there. Um, very intense. And then the next day I went to another church um, by a protege of Dr. Stella's. So similar, but a little different. And, uh, and I saw my first demon being cast out. Uh, oh yeah. It was hardcore. Um, and our son saw it too. And I don't think I've ever seen him so terrified in his entire life. Oh, how old is he? 16. Oh, and wow. towers over both. He's like six foot. I don't even know anymore. Yeah. Like, I think he grew another inch while we were down there. Like, and, and then he just realized that everything that his mom and dad had been telling him is real. And he's real. like, it's like shit. My parents were like, you know, and I've seen, I've seen videos of, you know, or heard that, that scream when they're 
pulling a demon out of someone and you're like that. I mean, that's gotta be computer generated. That's not real. Oh, oh, that's real. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like to hear that with your own ears, um, to see that, like it's, you know, to see someone literally like seizing on the ground as they're, they're screaming this blood curdling, unholy scream as this demon is being literally pulled out of them. It's, it's insane. That's an experience I think everyone should see. And that's where a lot of honestly, like the, my own little revival in faith came from was listening to a lot of exorcist text testimony, you know, their experiences. Cause I'm like, well, you know, if what they're saying is true, you know, about how the demonic works, how it operates, uh, the way like um, that Satan and his minions tries to tempt us. If that's all true, then, you know, that's evidence that you need faith, you need God, you need Christ, you need to suffer sometimes, you know, this is all for a greater purpose. And, you know, practices that, you know, I've been previously involved in like new age or other faiths, not to insult anyone's beliefs, but like, you know, that instant gratification or manifestation or relying on self or um, idolizing yourself as the source of that is the complete opposite of Christianity. And that's the only religion, you know, that will really preach that it's where you have to rely on an outside source of your salvation, you know? Oh yeah. 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 It's wild. And they were very, very specific. Like that, you know, um, we, we do this in the name of, of Jesus. Like I do this in, in Jesus name, um, you know, by the authority given to me by God, um, through his son, Jesus, who sacrificed himself for us, um, as Jesus gave this power to his, to some of his disciples, um, you know, now I claim that power in Jesus's name to continue on their work. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's very powerful. Yes. So you got to get out of here. You got to go to a hockey game. I understand. I do. Um, so Canadian of me. No, no, enjoy it. Um, <laughs> no, my kids are playing spring back on. Ice uh, hockey or regular hockey? I, ice. Yeah. yeah. So they're playing it's, in it's a like spring league. Degrees here, so. you know, it's, it's what? How there. many? It's 85. Oh, I don't even know what that means. I'm so serious. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hot. probably hot. Yeah. Yes, I mean, it's hot. It's hot. We're wearing shorts. Celsius Let's put it that way. Is, is like 50 degrees Celsius here. So. No, 50 would be like insanely, like that's unlivable. Probably like in the thir- high 30 Celsius. Okay. Yeah, 32 degrees. That's like summer, summer here. Degrees. Yeah, so 85 minus 32 is like 50. Yeah, it's true. I don't know if it works like that. I think it's like a, it's like a weird, it's like there's a decimal in there. I mean, you should think there should be basic math, you know? I know. Basic conversion. There's three feet to a yard. There's, you know? Are they they going to play for the Letterkenny Shamrocks? What? (laughs) Oh, I don't watch Letterkenny. Oh, man. I know. Although I do know, I do know a guy who's in the show. I used to work with him at a restaurant. That's funny. That show is funnier than all get out. he, He was always funny. Shirt, but, shirt, perk. Yeah. All right. Thank, well, you guys, Teresa, this was great. Again, tell everyone where they can find you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, if people want to hear more from me, they can check out the Spiritual Gangsters podcast. That's on all the major podcast platforms, uh, Rumble, YouTube, and also I co-host part-time on the Occult Rejects and the NY Patriot Show. Cool. All right. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we will uh, we'll definitely get you back on. Yeah. We definitely got to bring you back on because- <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. She doesn't even know our story. No, so. I think she does. Oh, does I, she? No, I don't actually know. So mm-hmm. I want to have you on. Okay. So we'll have to right. tell her that. Yeah, that's a crazy one. That'll blow her mind. Yeah, well, I know. I know. Mm-hmm. I heard like little tidbits from mm-hmm. NY Patriots. So yeah. I want to. He, he got it like very at the beginning. Yeah. So it's gotten weirder since then. So. Yeah. Okay, good. So you got to come mm-hmm. on my show and tell us all about it. There you go. All right. Sounds great. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We appreciate you being on, ma'am, and we will see you later. Have a great one. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Later. So there you go, folks. Teresa from the Spiritual Spiritual Gangsters. Gangsters. I like that name. That is kind of a badass name. Mm -hmm. And it is. And you know, 420. Furthermore, with that, though, she was saying the. uh, I, I gotta, I gotta go back to what she was saying at the end there because just remind me of that. Okay. Because there's actually an important part part to that. There's a um, father James, I think his name is James Rogan. You remember the book The Devil in Brookfield, right? Obviously. Okay. And we kind of lived it. So there was, yeah. The, there's uh, the priest that did the um, exorcism mm-hmm. that wasn't approved by the Vatican. Mm-hmm. Um, at the parish house right by yeah. where the church was. St. Joe's, yeah. And uh, he uh, wrote a book about what happened that night mm-hmm. and the two nuns, what happened to them that night um, because they were there and then they were gone after that night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They where left they everything. They, they left everything. They saw what they had to see and they were done. I bet. They were like, uh, we out of here. And this all started from a dude that uh, killed his mom and his sister and his father and fed him up in little pieces and threw him in the pond in front of his house. Yeah. Fed him through a wood chipper and threw him in the pond in front of his house. Mm -hmm. And uh, he claimed to be possessed. After that happened, my stepdad used to threaten my mom by um, starting the wood chipper in the backyard, going and renting a wood chipper, even though we didn't have any wood to chip. (laughs) Not a good move um, on his part. But anyway, um, he claimed that he was possessed by the devil. Um, and, uh, this was the seventies, Connecticut in the seventies. And, uh, they did an exorcism not approved by the church, um, up at the local Catholic church. And it went completely sideways, backwards and upside down. It was really (laughs) fucked up and a lot of bad shit happened. And two nuns got really fucked up. They got hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, there was like physical, like they broken bones and shit. There was all sorts of shit that went wrong. And then lacerations, bruises, offenses. At, at the end of the exorcism, the kid went to the, he, he ended up going to the electric chair um, and they never finished the exorcism. And uh, the priest uh, talks about it because he was excommunicated from the church shortly thereafter for performing an exorcism mm-hmm. without having the rights given to him by the Vatican. And he said it wasn't the Vatican that gave him the rights. He said that it was God. And then he basically chastised the Vatican for excommunicating him and then they got rid of him and uh he was gone from the order but he wrote a book about it just to keep it alive because he said there's going to be more of these this isn't the last one we've seen this is just the beginning of what could be the end and um he was pretty incessant upon i met the guy actually uh, uh long after the whole thing had come and gone and uh it was pretty pretty Mark, scary. i think i don't know that you were born yet at that point i think you were probably um Maybe if you were born, you were you were little. You were a wee one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, let's go do this. Yes. Because we need to. We do. I need to too, because I think I finally have so, gotten rid of the beast. I've gotten rid of whatever was in me. 
could have done so much better. See, that sounds so much better. So you mean to tell me they tried to perform an exorcism without me? Yeah, I guess so. They didn't? Come get you, bud. So this coming Tuesday, we will not have a show. Okay. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's, a, it's, it's fine. It's, uh, it's a kid thing. Oh, yeah. Yep. I guess we won't. We have a... a banquet, awards banquet. Yes, to to. a family application for our child. I got to go look. He's a winner. Oh, yeah, because they... They won state. State, so... So yeah. it's their awards banquet for... They, they got a big right award. Team, so, yeah, we can't miss that, so... And since the banquet goes from 6 to 8, and the show goes from 6 to 8, we won't be doing a show on Tuesday. It's all good. Well, the show actually goes from 5.30 to 7.30 on Tuesday, but... True story. Doesn't matter. Um, still not doing a show on Tuesday. That's okay, though. But you remember that story that I brought up a couple of weeks ago? Um, I don't know. I'm still waiting for the bowl that you've been bogarting. About there. the prosecutor and um, the DA in New York that uh, they let him go after him, like, raping a bunch of kids. Yeah. Um, and I was waiting on getting more information. Yep. Um, so they did get back to me with more information about that. So, uh, we'll be talking about that tomorrow, um, on the top. So, cause, uh, we got to protect our kids, honestly. And if you don't know who's literally fucking them, then how are you going to protect them? Well, I mean, so I guess that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Touche. I probably wouldn't have said that, but okay. I mean, anyway. Uh, get you the real truth. Said, find out what's really going on with the Jews, blacks, and anti-white agenda. Okay, well, um, if you have good information, then we'll maybe check it out later. Oh, we don't do, uh, but it, it, if that's online live shit, but okay. Moo.com. Nogsmoo.com. I actually kind of want to look at this now. Okay. It just looks weird. I don't know if it's going to fuck the stream up because the stream's actually been running pretty good it really since has. I screamed at them now three times. You know, it's interesting. I was listening to uh, Sarah Westall, um, Business Game Changers. She was on Dr. Rima's show. Dr. Rima's the one that came out at the very big, ooh, the 90s or something. She was like a doctor to the elite, and basically they told her that the culling was coming. Mm -hmm. Um. But uh, Dr. Rima, they were talking about, she she brought up that they blame everything on the Jews, right? They talk about the, the Kazarian mafia and blah, blah, blah. And Sarah said, you know, that's, uh, get, get where you're going with that. Because, again, it's like the difference between the Vatican and, and the Catholic parishes, right? The... Kazarian Mafia, while they're mostly Jews, they're not all Jews. Um, there's Christians in there. What they are all is demons, Satan worshipers. Um, so we shouldn't blame all the Jews for the actions of these demonic infiltrators. So what do you call them? 
Fuck it. Call it demons. I mean, why are we trying to sugarcoat it exactly. at this point? It really doesn't matter. We shouldn't sugarcoat shit. We should just. Well, I guess Dr. Rima had a problem with it because she is actually an Askazarian Jew. Okay. So she's like, I'm not evil. Okay. But um, well, it's the same with Catholicism. I'm not evil either. It's exactly the exactly. Vatican that's the evil part. Exactly. Yes, a hard knocks PhD at name stealers. You know, they they are name stealers. Um, and that's true too, what you said about, you know, the church of the the illumin or you know, the church of the uh, illumination and and then the Illuminati and now the illumination. It, they use the same names. They steal I'm the LGBTQ I am a unicorn people stole the rainbow from Christians. Yep. Just goes back and forth. So the Nazis stole the swastika from the Indians. Um, yep. You know, it's anyway, Jesus called them the synagogue of Satan. There you go, Sonia. Perfect. Well, I, I've, I've always just been worried about, you know, because Kazarians, they are the basic Jew. They're not your Hasidic. They're not the mm -hmm. original Jewish order. They're the the abstract Jewish order. They're not the original ones. That, let's put it this way. They're, the way I understand it, the way it was explained to me by a Jewish person, they said, look, Kazarians are the ones that did not make the walk with Moses through the Red Sea to the new land of Jerusalem. I said, oh, okay. So where did they come from? They must be the offspring. No, they were a separate tribe to begin with. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait a minute. There was... Is it 41 tribes of Israel? Well, well, no, there are 12 big ones, but it was 41 total tribes of Israel. Okay. And the 12 big ones were the, what the remainder was after the Egyptian onslaught and the 12 tribes of the 12 tribes. One of them was Kazarians. One of them's the one ones that walked with Moses. Uh, there were two other tribes that were already in Jerusalem that lived there that were not Kazarian. They were something else. Orthodox, I think. Um, or of the Orthodox, I thought they all were Orthodox back then, but I guess there still was a different yeah. differentiation between the Orthodox the and the yeah and the Hasidics, mm -hmm. and that they even traded jabs at each other all the time. So there were different tribes all the way around, but it was just the Kazarians that took on the devil worshiping version of Judaism. And I guess in Catholicism or even Christianity, we have that too. Yeah, because uh, uh, what is it? They, they're oh, go to the Vatican. Well, I mean that too, but I'm talking about outright open Satan. Well, not Satan worship. I wouldn't call them Satanists, but uh, they consider themselves Christians, but they lived up uh, on top of that mountain in um, in Iraq that the Syrians killed. The Coptics? No. These were like straight up. They're literally their name in Arabic meant devil worship. And I'm trying oh, to remember what their name was, but I the... Syrians went up there and wiped them out, but they were technically a, a Christian sect, a weird, very weird and odd Christian sect. They lived up at the top of a mountain. I can't remember their name for the life of me. I was there too. And I used to go up there going, what the fuck are you, what's wrong with you all? Well, I don't know. Y'all believe in the devil. What the hell's wrong with you? Okay. Weirdos. Either. All right. So we'll be back tomorrow. 
for the news. Yes. 5.45 for the pre-show, five, uh, 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. for the regular show. And remember, 9.05 tomorrow morning. I'm sure Leanna will be on. I didn't see her in here Hopefully. today. So I don't know if... I thought I saw her earlier. I didn't see her. Or I didn't see her in the pre-show. But she may have been there. Vader, Zach, thank you very much for your pills. And we're going to go ahead and do the uh, scratching right now. <laughs> so y'all get in on the scratching. <laughs> the scratch hole. Hmm. And then I'm going to go out to the garden and pull some radishes and uh, it has been released and some um, herbs to get some uh, stuff to put in meatloaf for dinner. Think you can handle some meatloaf? Yeah, I hope so. Okay. It'll be interesting. I can tell you that much. It's a little early right now, but either way. Well, meatloaf takes like two hours to cook, so. Yeah, an hour to make and an hour to cook. Good, because I'm going to need some time. I know. Going to need some time there. It's all good. Anywho. <coughs> Anywho, moving mm. right along, and we'll okay. be back, like we said, tomorrow night, 6 p.m. We got the news, and Tuesday yep. we're off. Yep. And I don't, my, yeah, next one's in May, so I still got time on that. So anyway, uh, either way, we're going to get out of here. We will see you guys later. Have a great night. Um, we'll see you tomorrow night. Uh, again, 5.45 for the pre-show, 6 p.m. for the uh, uh, for the actual show. If you don't want to stick around for the music, all we do is play music in the beginning. So if you think you're at the wrong spot, you're not. Always play. We always play 15 minutes worth of music. Let's everybody get in there, settle down, and we get going at 6 p.m. So either way, we will be back then. We will talk to you then. And then we have like a 10-minute intro at 6 p.m. So really, we start talking at like 10 after 6. Yeah, so, true. Anyway, the intro keeps getting longer, but that's okay. I like it. Well, I keep adding. I keep finding stuff. Actually, Leanna keeps finding stuff that I like. And I'm I like, know, right? I was looking for a bit where history yelled at us. Mm-hmm. And that's what she found, and I love it. I think it's awesome. That's why I have to play it because that's what I've been waiting for somebody to come up with with something like hi- history yelling at us, like, "Why are you guys being so stupid? We gave you all these chances, and look what the fuck you're doing with it." Yeah. Either way, okay. uh, we'll be back then. And uh, hey, enjoy the rest of your Sunday, fuckers, mm-hmm. uh, for the Mick. And be late. Have a great night, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for watching. See out.
They know where to find me. I'll be half drunk, strapped up in a whitey. I can show you if it's needed. When you see it, you'll believe it. If you don't love it, you can leave it. Michael Jackson, you can beat it. F-A-F-O, I teach you how this game go. Different joints, same smoke. Wake up, wear the same clothes. Real redneck, I'm a piece of white trash. Collar boy, but my lady's high class Got the music way up loud With a cigar in my mouth Fuck around and come find out How we do it in the South Ain't saying nothing But you're running that mouth I never take a hand out I'm too damn proud I'm a son of the dirty South With a truck seat high And he straight pipes loud This land, land of freedom Double barrels in case we need Man up, we'll sit your ass down We done talking, fuck around and find out. I love my country. 